Hey, Browns fans. This is your chance to join the company of some of the Browns' all-time greats on the first-ever Browns fan cruise. Picture this. For five unforgettable days, you're sailing across the beautiful Caribbean Sea, reliving the Browns' greatest moments, getting autographs, snapping photos, and celebrating on the beach with your favorite Browns alumni, like Josh Cripps, Webster Slaughter, Eric Metcalf, and a dozen others. Book now and take advantage of our easy, budget-friendly payment plans on this once-in-a-lifetime, all-inclusive cruise adventure. The clock's ticking, Browns fans. To book your cabin and for more information, visit brownsfancruise.com or call 216-284-6472 today. Browns Fan Cruise, where diehard fans and Browns alumni come together for the trip of a lifetime. Don't wait. Secure your spot today and go Browns! Sportscast. It's also time for one of the most boring seasons on the sports calendar with pitchers and catchers just now reporting and weeks before we'll see the NBA playoffs. We wait. We wait to die, wait to live, wait for an absolution. Mostly we just wait for any NFL news. So you may as well pull up a chair and wait with us while we make brilliant plans for the Browns and make fun of things we don't understand. And we'll break it all down for you next on the Burning River Sportscast. How but far does the First Amendment go? Pretty far. <laughs> pretty far. That was the most boring piece of podcast or radio that's ever been made. You know, we can't. they can't all be winners. <laughs> that was definitely not a winner. What does the government know about exotic animals? What don't they know about exotic well, animals? Well, they don't know much dick about exotic animals. I guarantee you that. Listen, we're getting off track here. I don't... <laughs> well, here in Ohio, you can have exotic animals at your house. That's true. That one guy had them in Columbus, and they all escaped. <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> he should have charged more for admission. And then he would have had better cages. He would have had better cages. Uh, I think he let them all free and then killed himself. <laughs> Listen, we weren't going to go there, but but <laughs> Bone Man took us there. He's going to have a shirt off. All the big Brazilian booty ladies are, are going to be hanging out, screaming at David Njoku. He's going to be loving it. Uh, Kenny's going to be watching. Kenny's literally going to tune in just to watch big booty Brazilian women. I think if I think if that does happen. How many times can we say big booty Brazilian women? <laughs> I think if that does happen. Our show just got turned. It was so slow. <laughs> Browns, backers, Brazil. <laughs> Welcome in to the Burning River Sportscast presented by Tappan Media and brought to you by Seaside Events as the official cruise event provider of the Cleveland Browns and organizer of the Browns Fan Cruise. I'm Kenny Thunder, joined by Judge Judy's illegitimate love child, Red Hot Ronnie Jams. And on the board today, ancient Egypt's most coveted adult film star, first-time lover, long-time fertility god, the Big Bone Man. Bone, what is the secret to your motility? Man, I'm stumped. Uh, <laughs> usually I got something, but 
I eat a lot of red meat. <laughs> red meat. Perfect. <laughs> nice. Back to Red Hot. Where can our listeners find all of the Burning River Sportscast content, including exclusive interviews with Browns backers and former Cleveland Browns players just a few short weeks ahead of the Cleveland Browns fan cruise put on by our good friends at Seaside Events, the official cruise event provider of the Cleveland Browns. You can find our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm talking Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora, iHeartRadio Podcast, Castro, Good Pods, and so many more. And don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, the only place that you can find our video podcast and the video version of all of those interviews that you just mentioned. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Our handle on all those socials, including YouTube, is at Burning River Sportscast. And we are on X, the artist formerly known as Twitter, as well with the handle at Burning River Pod. And while you're at it, check out our merch, www.thetappinmedia.com backslash shop. We've got all kinds of stuff in the shop. We've got the cruise line, the chub line, cold weather gear. It's all there. Uh, more is being added. Go check it out. Go get some. You're going to love it. It's almost time for warm weather gear. Warm weather gear. Ooh. Uh, but yeah, so there's, there's, there's no football this week. No, for the first time uh, all year. Yeah, it felt really bad. There's no football. I, I didn't know what to do with my hands. Still uh, don't. Nope. Nope. Uh, <clears throat> idle hands. What's that? I, I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Idle hands are the Lord's playground. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Put that on a shirt. Uh, today on the show, we've got for you part one of a three-part series that we're starting. Um, and basically what it's going to focus on is the what, what the Browns will need to focus on this offseason. Today's discussion will focus around the players that are set to become free agents from the current Browns roster. Uh, part two and three of this will be coming in the next few weeks. Uh, they will focus on draft prospects and free agent prospects, respectively. Brilliant. Uh, you'll also hear the return of the Burning River Rundown today. Nice. We'll take a quick trip around the NFL. Uh, no alumni interviews today. I really want to talk to Hanford Dixon. I hope he calls. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, go back and catch a few of the old ones. Great stories to be heard. Just a taste of what you'll hear on the Browns fan cruise as you're uh, rubbing elbows with these guys, uh, if you will. And uh, we also started cutting those up into reels, right? Uh, reels, my, shorts, my, TikToks, whatever the hell they are, depending on what social media you're on. My elbows are raw. All right, uh, and we are officially in the offseason, so you can expect our shows to be a little lighter from now until the preseason starts. But for now, I say to football what Rose Dawson once said to Jack while not letting him on her door and instead allowing him to freeze in the ocean and sink to the bottom. Come back. Come come, back. Come back. Come back. Uh, Uh, but we'll get this thing started with the Burning River News Story of the Week. All right, so this week, Tiger Woods officially launched his new apparel line, Sunday Red, through TaylorMade. Kenny? Tell us about Sunday Red. Uh, sure. So this is... Um, story of a girl. <laughs> this is a story of a girl. Sorry. I remember uh, Luke Cole saying that in Fifth Grade Talent Show. Um, <laughs> 
Shout out to Luke Cole. Shout out wherever, Luke Cole. wherever you are these days. Um, nice. So this is the first time that <laughs> uh, Tiger Woods is. It's big news because he's been sponsored by Nike for his clubs, balls, shirts. Um, obviously, when they stopped manufacturing um, playing goods, he was still wearing their clothes. Um, had the iconic Tiger Woods, the TW logo. So. This um, launch was the official beginning of a, essentially a departure over the last three decades of Tiger wearing anything but Nike. Um, so this new brand is brought to you by TaylorMade. Uh, was a huge deal this week. Came out with a bunch of fanfare because he was playing in the Genesis Open. Um, and, uh, you know, all all things were going good. He showed up on, uh, you know, Wednesday, said he was there to win. Um, you know, they kind of launched the new uh, logo here that we have up for you. It's just a, a tiger. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. It's, uh, it, it's something. It's something. <laughs> um, so anyway, kind of, again, got off with this, this big fanfare, big start, launched the new line, Sunday Red. Cool name, right? We all know Tiger wears red on Sunday's championship red. That's been a staple of his game forever. Um, Why? did they space it out though i don't understand i i don't really know i thought it was something to do maybe with like like chinese like words i don't know but i guess i think it's just sunday right china um <laughs> but anyway uh tiger played on thursday uh, opening round she got one over um absolutely off to a blazing hot start <laughs> absolutely hazel rocketed uh his shot on 18 um uh, which i mean he just admitted he's like i just hit a straight hazel he's just like he had back spasms and i don't know um <laughs> and, I, i'm not what i once was and showed up on friday played pretty well um until um what we've become accustomed to is tiger woods finishing with the old wd um had to withdraw because uh, apparently he had influenza um, so bad that he was so dehydrated that he could not um, function anymore and had to have an IV put in right there at the, uh, the golf course. So um, so another tournament, another Tiger Woods withdrawal, which is probably about the same thing we've seen for the last seven or eight outings for Tiger Woods for yep. Yep. one reason or another, whether it was back or his knee. Um, and now apparently influenza got him. But uh, either way, uh, this was the start of a new era in at least merchandising uh, with TaylorMade as we have the new Sunday red logo with TaylorMade. It's a little tiger. It's a logo. A couple parts. It's a logo. Um, I saw a bunch of people uh, comparing this thing to Greg Norman's shark. Does Uh, does look a little like the Greg Norman shark. Yeah, I mean, it's... Look, here's the deal. Um, the TW with Nike was one of the most iconic sports logos around. One of the greats. Uh, why the billionaire that is Tiger Woods would not pay for that and just say, this is mine. I'm taking it with me. And they've asked him since they've said, like, do you have any plans to maybe bring that back? And he said, he is not interested in the least. He said, that was a phase of my life. that's over and done with. And we're not going back to it. Just Um, don't understand. It's such a great, like the, it's just, when you get a good logo, you don't change it. No. I mean, you just think, like, there's millions of people that have that TW hat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, all over. Like, that was the most sought after. Remember, I just remember going shopping for golf hats at the beginning of the yeah, season. you could find the, one. The, the TW hat always stuck out if there was one, yeah. yeah. If, they, if they even had them on the shelves because they were always gone. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, it, it just done. Uh, and then this, 
I, if you if you look at it left to right, it looks like a crocodile. <laughs> I, yes, uh, it does. Look, it's just it's so underwhelming because I, I was kind of looking at it and I was hoping to find some like subliminal message of some sort. Like maybe there was some writing in it, or maybe like it spelled something out, or it's literally just like a abstract. Apparently, tiger. on this, there's. Um, some kind of indication to his championship, major championships. Um, Something to do with the stripes, with the stripes, maybe? I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Apparently, they will update it should he win another major. But um, if we know anything just by recent history, it doesn't look yeah. probable for I'm, the 48-year-old. I'm Tiger a huge Woods. Tiger Woods fan. And I was one of the people who was like, I think he could do it still. I think he could do it still. But given the last like three years specifically, and and there's the car accident, and everything else, and the car accident under under uh, suspicious circumstances. Uh, you mean the one where you just hit the gas? Yeah, <laughs> no break, all gas, no brakes. Yeah. So yeah. I I don't know. I I just don't see it happening. I think before that, I still would have gave him the benefit benefit of the doubt and said he's got enough left in the tank to make some magic here and there. Um, think- after that, and his back is basically he's just basically the bionic man at this point. <laughs> well, that's kind of what he said. Um, like after you withdrew, he's like. Um, they were all like, well, you know, I thought you were feeling good. I thought things were good. And then you had back spasms. He's like, my back's fried, man. Like, <laughs> what did you think? Like, <laughs> He's like, it's a miracle if I can make it through a whole tournament. <laughs> so I, I kind of look at this right now. I'm just like playing the numbers game. You're 48 years old. He probably has three to four years of like, if he's if he can get healthy to where it's a possibility for him. But I think once you hit fifty one, fifty two, yeah. if you aren't if you aren't in tip top shape, which he clearly isn't, um, it's just too, it's just too hard to compete on today's tour. These guys now are so long. Um, the only know, person that's to, done it in recent history is Phil Mickelson, right? Turn the clocks back one time. Yeah, and and you do it one time, and everybody gets excited. and It's great. And I'm sure like there's probably one of those left in there for Tiger. I just don't know if it's on a major championship week. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. like, do I think he could win a tournament again feasibly in the next three to four years? Probably. It's just like, does it time up with the majors? And and I don't know that that's going to happen, uh, which is sad. But I just yeah. think, look, it's, Father Time's undefeated. It's one of those things where, hey, we'll always have those memories of, of Tiger growing up and being the dominant force that he was, and we'll never see anything like it again. Where did it all go wrong for Tiger? Uh, nine iron through a back window <laughs> of <this> Escalade. <laughs> um. <laughs> I mean, that could be it. Yeah, that could, I mean, that could have been it. If Tiger was still neck deep in muff, like he'd probably still Man. be winning tournaments. <laughs> you think he'd just be free, playing free out there? He's like, just be dick swinging? Yeah, just going home to the Swedish Nightingale every night. Like, I just... what's What city am I in? <laughs> right, <Yeah>. right. <laughs> I mean, you know, him and Stevie Williams would probably still be tight. He would just be still covering for all his extramarital affairs and he'd just still be winning tournaments. Like, but that whole thing just broke him, broke him entirely. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, uh, but either bad. way, I think a lot of people were excited about this um, product launch, thinking hey, it's Tiger. We have something else to kind of root for. Um, and I would just say personally, like I was a little bit underwhelmed. Um, it's just like you said, it's an, it's an iconic logo to going to something new is always hard. Um, I would have personally went with like. Uh, You've seen the cutout of like um, Tiger Woods like doing the fist pump like with his putter. Yeah, that, that would have been, been like like Jumpman. The know? one that I liked is is uh, he and I don't know if maybe Nike owns this one too, just because it was while he was with Nike. But for like half a season, he on and off he wore just like the it was like a, a, a cartoon 
replication of his uh, driver cover. Uh, you know who probably owns of, that is probably, um, what's it called? The company that made his head cover. Daphne's? Daphne's. Yeah. Daphne's probably does own that because it probably can't use their image. Although it was a cartoon of that. So it's like inspired by, I don't know. How but, far does the First Amendment go? Pretty far. <laughs> pretty far. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Can we make cartoon caricatures? I don't know. Sue or me. someone else's product. Sue me. Make it my primary logo. I'm not inviting anybody to sue me. I'm just kidding. Please uh, don't. Yeah, don't sue us. Uh, but We're, you'll you'll go be disappointed. <laughs> go get your sun, go get your Sunday red gear. Sunday red out Tiger now Reds. in stores now. Tailor made Sunday red. <laughs> We're not affiliated with them at all. No, not at all. <laughs> Uh, but with this, with that, let's talk about Brown's pending free agents. Should I stay or should I go now? Should I stay or should I go now? Okay, guys, so what we're going to do here is, uh, like I said, we're, we're going to talk about all the free agents on the Browns' current roster that are basically scheduled for their contracts to be up. They'll be hitting the, the open market here. So we're starting with unrestricted free agents, uh, and we're starting with the offense. Uh, let's just go ahead and jump right into it. The most important position uh, on this whole thing is, well, one of the most important positions is probably quarterback. Uh, for us, it'll be backup quarterback, whoever's going to be the backup to Deshaun, because we have a $230 million quarterback that's fully guaranteed that is going to be the starter. He'll be the starter. Um and so we have three quarterbacks whose contracts are set to expire that will be hitting the open market. Uh, number one, PJ Walker, let him go. Let him go. I, I if I never see PJ Walker in a Browns jersey again, it'll be too soon. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Jeff Driscoll, good with letting him go. I, he was just brought in here for emergency at the end of the season. He anyways. was basically brought in to help bolster Kevin Stefanski's Coach of the Year award. Yeah, he's like, here, you want to be a fifth quarterback? <laughs> be a fifth quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no problem there. Um, Joe Flacco, this is the one that I think is an interesting one. Yeah, and so, I mean, what are what are your guys' we'll, – we'll start over here with Kenny. Kenny, what do you think about bringing Joe Flacco back? Should they bring him back? What should that deal look like? Look, obviously the guy's 39 years old now. Um, That's so pretty old. You have that going for you. Um, but I'll say this. He's he's actually middle-aged. I've, <laughs> I've still never seen anybody else run Kevin Stefanski's offense as well as this man. Um, to me, I think that's valuable. Look, we there was, I think, there was close to 70 quarterbacks that started games in the NFL this year. Yeah. Um, so just by the sheer statistics of that, like you know at some point someone else is going to play quarterback for the Browns this season besides Deshaun Watson. Joe Flacco has a track record, a proven track record of doing it efficiently, being able to win games. Um, this doesn't have to be – you're not pinning yourself down to any kind of long-term contract here. I mean, this should be a, a two-year deal and whatever Joe Flacco wants to make. I mean, I don't know what his expectations are. Um, I can't I can't imagine that at this point in his career he's thinking he's going to be able to be a bridge starter or a full-time starter somewhere possibly that's on his mind but i just think this well, was, even if you are you're not gonna get paid like a real no, star you're not you're not so. gonna get you're not gonna get that that big contract so i just think like i know even even on our show there was some speculation that he might have played himself into a contract for like a one-year like maybe some legitimate money but i don't even know that that's the case because he's 39 years old and yeah he won comeback player of the year but he also on the flip side of it 
you know, while we saw the magic and the, and the legend that is uh, Cleveland Browns quarterback Joe Flacco uh, grow and grow, he also threw a lot of interceptions. He did. Uh, and but I think with an offseason under, uh, you know, working with the team, I think that those things would get cleaned up. But my point um, is I, I think that he threw enough interceptions to give other teams pause as far as saying, like, yeah, let's sign this guy to be our starter next year. I just don't know. Like, it's, like looking at the free agent market for quarterbacks, and I know maybe we'll talk about that next weekend or next show, but um, – but like I don't know that you're going to find a better free agent quarterback than Joe Flacco there, out yeah. there. So, and he has and he has a track record in this offense, and we know he can win games. So yes. to me, that's ultimately the most valuable piece is that if and when Deshaun Watson goes down, do you have somebody that you can rely on? And obviously, we still have DTR under contract. And he's going to be so here. He's and you're there, not paying him that much. But like, would you rather have DTR play next year? Or would you rather have Joe Flacco like in a pinch? Joe Flacco. Yeah, after I, I, after what I saw this gotta, year, definitely Joe, Joe Flacco. Flacco. So yeah. to me, this is the one deal they should get done. I don't know what his ap- appetite is. Again, if he's thinking he can go somewhere and play bridge um, for a year and get paid, you know, twenty yeah. or twenty five mil. I don't know, but um, but to me, this looks like a two year, like twenty two million dollar deal. Like, yeah, give him give him the going rate for the backup, ten twelve million dollars a year, and call it a day. Well, and I know we talked about it a little bit last week, but I I, I think that. Uh, <clears throat> Just as far as is internally for the Browns, they just need to make it abundantly clear to Deshaun Watson, like, he's the backup, you're the starter. I mean, if they wanted to win games and it was only about winning games, I would say, uh, no, we're bringing Joe Flacco back in, we're going to see who the best quarterback in camp is. But the politics won't allow that. So That's what I mean. And and uh, for better or worse, we are... <clears throat> Deshaun Watson, at least for this next season, for sure, is going to be our quarterback. I know there's a lot of people throwing around some crazy trade scenarios. They're not going to happen. He's going to be our starter next year. It would be interesting if we ended up with like Justin Fields out of that mess. That might be the only one where they would entertain a trade is because he's young and like like but we don't have any draft capital to get. But him, so. you you saw the one with uh, there's a rumor out there of like not really a rumor. It was just like a scenario that was thrown out by one of the. Uh, guys over at ESPN, and he's, I think it was ESPN, and he said that they should trade uh, Deshaun Watson for uh, uh, Daniel Jones in a second round draft pick. And it's like, yeah, Daniel Jones that's not going to happen. Trash, so. that's, well, that's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. No. So um, Justin Fields would be interesting. But uh, yeah, I, he's going to be our starter. Deshaun Watson's going to be our starter. So I think that, like you said, with, with the politics of it and everything, um, they just need to make that clear. It's like, this is the distinction. We're signing him to be the backup. Again, but I just think the most important thing is like, look how no, nobody expected Nick Chubb to go down in week two. No. I mean, if you lose if you lose Deshaun in week two next year. And you got Joe Flacco, I feel okay. And you got Joe Flacco, like, you feel like, okay, we can still be competitive this year. Yeah. If you go into week two and DTR is your plan and you back that up. Yeah, with, I just think about because because next year, uh, at some point, Nick Chubb will be healthy again, assuming he's still on the roster. That's a whole different story, which we'll get there. Um, but if Nick Chubb's still on the roster and you got healthy Joe Flacco, I like our chances. Yeah, you feel pretty good. <laughs> and like if, if your plan is to go in next year with DTR as your primary backup and you sign a, a Trubisky or a Mason Rudolph or somebody to be the third quarterback on your team, like that doesn't do much for you, right? No. So I just think like when you have talent, you should make it – you should you should pay it and, and keep it on your team. And Joe Flacco, for better or for worse, for being for thirty nine years old, has proven that he, he can be effective in this 
often, this offense specifically, right? Yep. We know he flamed out in, in Denver and in New York, but like you hit gold with him here in Cleveland. So I don't see how you don't I think try he just to took the right offense. something done, right? It's just, it was the right time, right place, right, right system for him. And I'm telling you, like, 70 starting quarterbacks this year. I mean, you, you never know when your guys get good. You hope it doesn't happen. You hope the Chalmers stays healthy all year long. But the fact of the matter is you have a guy that's relatively, if not moderately, like to positively mobile <laughs> in Deshaun, like a guy that likes to run around, a guy yeah. that likes to extend plays. That means he's going to get hit. Um, and he doesn't have a great track record of late of being able to stay healthy. So nope. Nope. Um, I just would rather have a guy back there that I feel like I could ride him into the playoffs if I had to. Bone? I, I would love to have Flacco back. I mean, as Kenny was talking about, he's he's proven in this system he can win. And uh, he cleans up the turnovers. I think he's great insurance policy. I mean, I, I wouldn't skip a beat if he got the starting job. You know what I mean? Um Deshaun goes down second week, third week, whatever it is, and he has to fill in. I, I think it, anybody who roots for the Browns would be like, oh, okay. Yeah, it would be awesome. Like, Obviously, Nick Chubb was the first big blow to Browns fans this year, this past season. But when Deshaun went down, everybody, everybody just like lost their minds. Everybody's like, oh, God, it's over. It's so bad. And it and would truly, be nice. Like the backups were PJ Walker and DTR at the time. Like it wasn't. But that's what I'm saying. Work. So like it would be nice to like if something did happen. You're like, okay, everybody just breathe. We're we're okay. It's not the end of the world, <laughs> right? I mean, I just like look. I, there's there's nobody and no team in the NFL that knows backup quarterbacks like Cleveland does, and we've seen so many bad ones. <laughs> um, I just think like. Whatever he's, whatever he wants, like we just I named would, two of them right before him. I would pay him because um, you can't, you can't do that again. You can't bring PJ Walker back on, you know, a, th- a three-game skid if you had to. Like you no. just can't do that. No, the the human turnover. Uh, uh, but yeah, so I think we're all in agreement here. We need to. I think uh, it'd be nice to see Joe Flacco come back as the backup quarterback. Uh, whether he's, I don't even care if you you say. DTR is your primary backup is what you're going with, and you bring Joe Flacco. Because I don't know if that would even stick, but if you want to say that because he's the young guy well, I just think because and, he is the young guy, you can practice squad him. You can you can keep him as your third quarterback and work to continue to develop him. Obviously, you got new uh, coordinators in the building. Like there's going to be – it's going to be a whole new yeah, new yeah, year yeah. for a guy that um, – I mean, to be honest, like he struggled a bit last year. So, yeah. um, you know, is there is there gold in them their hills? There might be, but I think it still needs work. It just uh, goes to show you. Remember last year after the preseason, everybody was so hype on DTR, and then they realized, like, oh, and you play real players. It's well, yeah. different. It's, I mean, it's a, great it's a little bit different, but instead of playing four string. Um, next up here, though, uh, Kareem Hunt, running back Kareem Hunt. Uh, look, I know he's a fan favorite. Uh, he's a local kid. Uh, people really like him. He, he's a veteran presence, but. I'm gonna be honest. Like, if if Kareem Hunt goes, I'm not gonna be that upset about it. No. I just am not because the production's just not there. And I and I said it b- between him and Jerome Ford, both of them averaged like 2.5 yards a carry this yeah. year. Like they w- it was bad. They were not good. Yeah, like, and you can't tell me it was the offense. Like I know there was injuries and everything else, but like Nick Chubb year in and year out averages five and a half yards a carry. 
no matter who was on the line. Right. So you can't tell me that's the reason why they averaged two and a half yards a carry. Uh, but they did. They averaged two and a half yards a carry this year. So if he goes, he goes. Short it's short yardage. Kareem seemed valuable this year. It seemed like he scored quite a few touchdowns. But like you said, like his aside from that, I feel like you can upgrade well, and, and get a guy who's going to yeah hopefully get three and a half four yards a carry and can still get in the end zone. I, and even in that scenario, I mean, there's I mean. There's a ton of free agents that you could go get that could be a good short down or short yardage back. And, and to that, I would almost say I would almost rather reserve that roster spot and see this Browns team bring in a true fullback, um, like San Francisco has in in uh, Jusic. Um, because imagine Nick Chubb with a with a real fullback well, in front of him. Just because like <laughs> Kevin Stefanski likes to do that, where he, he's always bringing extra linemen in to play fullback, especially in goal line and short yardage, like. I'd rather have a guy that is used to running the ball and used to lead blocking being like the primary guy there as opposed to having some random like center that I'm probably going to yeah. need throughout the season <laughs> that's 305 pounds and doesn't move that well. Um, so I would almost rather see them hold on to that uh, roster spot for a true fullback because I think it's valuable in Kevin Stefanski's offense. Uh, Kareem, again, like like Kareem, love what he's done for the Browns. Obviously, um, you know, Northeast or an Ohio guy anyway. Um, I, I wouldn't be mad to see them bring him back through camp and run him through, but um, if you have I, to pay, I wouldn't uh, expect him to make the team. Which, which you don't really have to pay any money for him at this point. Nobody's going to pay him. Um, He's one. He's a running back, and two, he's just past his prime. So and he's nobody not signed him last year. So. Um, so that being said, to yeah, if they if he's not going to make a lot of money, like I want them to re-sign him as like a veteran presence in the running back room. But, well, I think it depends too on a what they do with Nick Chubb, and it depends on whether what they do in the draft. Because if yeah. you can get a stud in the draft in the second or third round, and you go, hey, look, like this is their heir apparent to Nick Chubb, um, and then it's like, okay, we don't need we don't need cream at that point, yeah. but. Obviously, attrition, injuries, things like that. I wouldn't mind having that guy on speed dial to do just like we did. You mean, this tell year. me, Jerome Ford's not the heir apparent? I sure hope not. If that's their <laughs> plan, I'm scared. Yeah, me too. Uh, you kind of just mentioned him a second ago. Uh, next up here is fullback slash center, <laughs> which mean, is the oddest. Him, I would thing. call him a center slash fullback. First. Like the oddest description of a player I've ever heard in my life. But that's officially from the Browns. Uh, Nick Harris uh, plays both positions. He told them to put some respect on his name and give him yeah. the fullback title. You better call me by both of my positions <laughs> instead of just one. If I'm uh, going to be out here lead block. I'm the most athletic center you've ever seen, but still he's, he's not, not very athletic running back. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. This is kind of one of those – I don't care if – like if Nick Harris goes – like we do need more depth on the line, so that's actually probably where he's more valuable is at – uh, backup with center, but I mean, you got you got Luke Whipler still. Um, you know, everybody's getting healthy. I just, I, well, yeah. I mean, look, he's a, he's a depth piece, right? So this isn't yeah. one that kills you. Um, you're not going to go far into the cap to try and retain a guy like that. So no. it's, it's probably one that they'll likely sign just because he knows the system um, and won't cost a whole lot. But in terms of like, do you have to have this guy back? Eh, no. Well, and to your point, if we do, if they were to go get a real fullback, he would definitely be gone. True, true, because you don't need. Well, him. he he is like the primary backup center, correct? Or he yes, who is and it? he was and he was, he was drafted to be the starter, and then um, yeah, obviously we had just a bunch of shit go down the line. Yeah. But Luke Whipler was hurt most of the season. Okay, um, <laughs> and he was drafted to be like kind of a pro- like probably the backup center. Yeah, um, until the and. 
till potentially they move on from uh, Pojic because he's played himself probably into a really big contract his next one. So mm-hmm. uh, most likely when his contract's up, he'll be gone. And, and that, I think that's why they drafted Luke Whipler. So Okay. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, look, I just... I'm not losing any sleep over Nick Harris. No, so. me neither. Uh, Michael Dunn up next, uh, gar- uh, offensive guard. I put him in the same category as Nick yeah. Harris. I mean, he's a depth piece on your offense. These are line. these are guys that they could bring in basically anybody off the free agent market at a low price, and yeah, they're, they're probably be, paying these guys close to veteran minimum. Maybe throw him an extra few dollars because he's been here and knows the system. The only the only problem is uh, we no longer have the best offensive line coach in the game. So how these guys get coached up is true. Going to be interesting. I guess we'll see what Andy Dickerson does with these guys, but. Um, He's probably like one of the next best in line there. I mean, he's got a really good reputation too, but not Bill Callahan level. He's not Bill Callahan. No. No one is Bill Callahan. No. <laughs> Nobody's Bill Callahan. Um, next up, though, uh, tackle Jerron Christian. This yeah. is a guy that I think they need to resign. Um, you know, it's interesting because you still don't know what you have in um, – in, um, it's Jedrick Wills, bro. Jedrick Wills. Um, <laughs> he's so forgettable. <laughs> well, and I think that probably goes to tell you, like, he's been here for five years and, like... All you know him by his turnstile. Well, you, you still don't know what you have in him. I think the problem is, like, he was an early-round draft pick, and so you want to capitalize on that potential because he's on your team. It's but. just so frustrating because the potential, even even now, like, I know that overall he's been pretty much ass, but every once in a while you see him do something, you're like, oh, there it was. And then, well, like, still, three he, plays later, he's back to turnstile. He's, so. just still, he's a young, strong guy, so, like, you'd like to be able to mold him into something. That being said, Jerron Christian filled in for him this year and played – Pretty well. I mean, you didn't, you didn't, we didn't, we didn't have questions about the left tackle all year long. No, it was, hey, there's a backup in there, and maybe he's not the best in the league, but he's doing a good job. Well, if nothing else, I think uh, to me, you re-sign Jerron Christian um, to push Jedrick Wills, and you say, look, he played well last year, so he's getting a fair shot at the starting well, yeah, job. You just so let you the best guys guy win. You guys got a battle. And oh, oh, by the way, Jed Wills. If you lose, we're probably cutting you. So agreed. I think the other thing too that we have to keep in mind here, like as we're going through these, and it's like, yeah, like I'd like to keep that guy. I'd like to keep that guy for a depth piece. Is like the cap situation isn't good. No, and they're going to have to do something obviously with contracts and work things out. But um, that being said, like the con, the con, the cap situation is still bad. So even some of these guys that like you could sign for veteran minimum, you just may not be able to because. Um, well, no, those are still big things that are, that are yet to come. Is Deshaun Watson going to restructure his deal? Uh, is Nick uh, Chubb going to restru- restructure his deal? Yep. Uh, there, there's a lot of discussions on the table. I mean, I'm sure there's a number of other guys that they're probably going to try and re- restructure with that yeah. haven't even Denzel's, made the news yet. Denzel's got a big contract. That's probably another one. He's had a lot of injuries, uh, uh, but he has been one of the best corners in the entire league anytime he's been on the field. So, sure. um yeah, I mean, there's a lot of those discussions to be had. Uh, and because of that, I expect, I mean, honestly, we're going through this list and we're going to talk about the ones where do we think we should keep them? Do we think we should get rid of them? In all honesty, it's probably going to be almost full turnover. Yeah. Uh, most of these guys will most likely, especially on the offensive side, as I'm looking through this, most of the offensive guys will be gone. Well, like a guy like Jerron Christian probably could get paid on the open market if he was yeah. going to go into free agency and say, look what I did last year for the Browns. <laughs> yep. And he could he would make more than a veteran minimum. So yep. um, I just think you're, you're going – you may lose some of those guys that we were kind of like, eh, like you probably may, you'd like to keep them. But the fact is like in the cap situation you're in, 
you're going to be stuck signing guys at veteran minimum yep. at some point this season. Uh, next up here, though, uh, tight end Harrison Bryant. Here's the one that's he's been around a little while with the Browns. Uh, he's had some really good games with the Browns. Uh, he's come up in big moments. But overall, I mean, David Njoku is the tight end for the Browns. Everybody behind David Njoku on the depth chart doesn't matter. So um, would I like them to keep Harrison Bryant? I like Harrison Bryant, but he's going to be gone. And I don't really – I mean, it's fine. Uh, I've had enough Harrison Bryant. I think that experiment's run its course here. I don't think that he's ever going to be a top-tier tight end in this league. Um, I don't think he's an exceptional blocker or pass catcher. So he's just very – um, very average. I'd love to see them draft a young guy to play behind Njoku and maybe get some snaps that way. You still have um, the kid they signed from Texas last year. Um, why am I blanking on names right now? Um, You're really bad at this. Um, the guy's name. The one to play with Deshaun. Yeah, the one to play with Deshaun. Um, Aiken, he played so many Jordan, snaps Jordan this year. Yeah, he played so many snaps this year. You um, forgot his name. So you still have him on the roster. Um so I just to me it's like I don't I don't need Harrison Bryant I'd rather I'd rather see him go young yeah go young there yeah I'd agree Bone what do you think about Harrison Bryant any of these either guys, really? either way yeah I wouldn't be upset if they if he got cut or just didn't get resigned or whatever so yep. um, and then we get into the wide receiver room which uh, I mean this is going to be a really interesting it's it's kind of a focal point of the off season is what you do with these wide receivers. Not only the ones that I'm about to mention, but what do you do in free agency? What do you do in the draft? Um, it's just going to be a big area that needs to be addressed because our wide receivers outside of Amari Cooper just did not get it done this year. And um, so we'll start with Marquise Goodwin. He was on a one-year deal last year, hurt most of the season. Um, didn't really get to see his speed alongside Deshaun Watson. Had the blood clot thing going yeah. on. Um, so, I mean, do you think they bring him back and, and try and, you know, Deshaun Watson will be healthy this year? Do they try and get him back on a one year, another one-year deal? Um, I mean, um, what, what, what's the play here? I mean, what did Marquise Goodwin catch three balls this year? Uh, <laughs> one, I mean, maybe basically. one memorable over the top from Joe Flacco? I, the yeah. dude's 33 years old. Um, I, I have no interest in re-signing him at this point. I, I'll, whatever, whatever I'm going to save in not signing him, I think I can put to use better somewhere else. I would agree with that. I mean – like well, here's the next name on the list is Jakeem Grant. I'd much rather them try and re-sign Jakeem Grant. I mean, not that I necessarily want them to re-sign Jakeem Grant either, uh, but out of the two, like I'd go Jakeem Grant over Marquise Goodwin every time. Yeah, I mean, look, he obviously it was unfortunate that he hasn't played a snap for us for but, two years. He's um, had like season engine seizing ending injuries, but yeah. he's two years younger than. Uh, Marquis Goodwin. So I mean, if, you, if one of them has more gas in the tank, it's going to be him. Yeah, especially because he's well rested and uh, <laughs> well rested, and um, and he's versatile. Not that not that Marquis Goodwin's not, but like they're going to use him in the kick return game, likely. So yeah, here's a guy that probably puts both of them out of a job is James Prochet. Uh, that's probably who they keep because <laughs> he actually did a pretty decent job returning. Um, he, at least as far as he was pretty sure-handed when he was back there. Um, I don't know. I think there might have been maybe one muffed kick, one muffed punt. Um, but, uh, I mean, he was pretty sure-handed returning. And I mean, here's the thing, right? We went from Donovan Peoples-Jones, who was doing absolutely nothing in the return game, to at least having a guy that we had confidence in that could right. catch a ball. Right. Um, so, I wasn't worried every time. Yeah, like I don't know that I don't know that like James Prochet is like setting the world on fire for anyone. I don't even know that he's like um, a good possession receiver. But like, 
out of the group that we have, you know, if you're looking to not turn over the whole room, he's probably a guy that you look to resign. Yep. So let's run through these all real quick. Just I'm going to go back through the offense. Just uh, tell me if you think they're going to stay or go. Uh, PJ Walker gone, gone. Jeff Driscoll gone, gone, gone. Joe Flacco should keep, should stay. He's coming back. Uh, Kareem Hunt gone, gone, gone. Nick Harris gone, gone. Keeping him. Ooh, uh, Michael Dunn gone, gone, gone. Could stay. Uh, Jerron Christian, I would say hopefully staying. I think because he'll be able to make more money playing probably elsewhere, gone. he's probably gone. Which is fair. That's a good point. I'd like to see him back. Yep. Uh, tight end Harrison Bryant, gone. 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 And all three of these wide receivers, Marquise Goodwin, Jakeem Grant, and James Prochet. Any of them you want to stay? I, I, I would hold on to James Prochet just because of the punt return, kick, punt return, kick return stuff. I mean... Those the hope guys, is you find another are, guy in free agency, though. That right? That, those that guys those are things. hard to find. Clearly, because yeah. we haven't been able to find one. That's so. true. I think all three of them are going to be gone. Very possible. Uh, just because I think they're going to redo what they did with the defensive line with this wide receiver room this year. I think there's going to be a bunch of new names in that room. I agree. Um, I think Amari Cooper is is the one that stays, and um, obviously you have young guys in David Bell and Cedric Tillman, but. Outside of that, I expect them to bring in a bunch of new faces, whether it be the draft and for agency. Yeah. Um, and then we'll go to defense. And this this uh, draft class is apparently really deep at wide receiver. So That's what they've said about the last three, and there have been like two or three good receivers in each one of them. So, mm. yeah. And you uh, see guys like Puka Nakua that come out, and it's like they're pretty good. Okay, well, I said there was two or three guys. So you named one. So well, I don't think he was like anybody's draft board as being the top receiver. Um, we'll move over to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, these these first five, yep, you heard that right, five, are all linebackers. Uh, we'll start with Matthew Adams. So here's the interesting thing about that. Never <laughs> right? heard of you can't get rid of all of them because you don't have any linebackers. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, so Matthew Adams, depth piece, I think he's gone. Yeah, I don't think he's he's probably gone. He's just kind of anybody could fill in for him. I don't know how old he is. Um, does anybody know how old Matthew Adams is? I mean, maybe if you could keep him on the. I've literally squad. never heard of the guy. <laughs> Twenty eight years old, so he's gone. He's gone. Uh, Jordan Kunichik. Look, this is a guy that they liked more and more as the season went on. Um, had some trouble staying healthy, but from what I understand, Jim Schwartz and. Um, this coaching staff to really like um, Jordan Kunachik, however you say his last Kunachik. name. Kunachik. Um, that being said, like I don't, I don't know that I would be able to pick him out of a lineup if I saw him outside. That's fair. I mean, I, I don't think he really got a lot of time this year. <clears throat> I saw him a few times on the field and, and heard his name, but I don't think he got a ton of ton of playing time this year. Yeah. So. Um, I most likely probably gone. I mean. And I, well, I think, it's not a guy that you're going to miss. Cause I think because all of these guys are an expiring country, because it opens up some really interesting possibilities to to remake this linebacking core. Um, because really, yeah, like out of this group, I'm looking at Matthew Adams, Kanachik, Jacob Phillips has been hurt literally his entire career with the Browns. True. Um, I don't have I don't have any use for I, any of those three guys. Well, and Jacob Phillips is the next one up. I think they actually keep him because he's been hurt his whole career, and they need to still fill that roster spot. Uh, they have to have linebackers. And he has – they've said all along he actually has some potential, and, and he, he didn't he 
didn't he get to play a little bit the first few games this year and showed some potential and actually showed some flashes and, and he was fast. Yeah, and then he went down. Um, so I think Jacob Phillips comes back and I think they get him for a pretty big bargain because he hasn't been able to play. Um, that, that trash. Get rid of him. Wow. Um, look, but uh, I mean, yeah, I say that because I look at the next two names and I go, Sione, "These guys are guys we need to bring." Sione back. Tagitaki is probably a guy that needs to come back. Yep. I think the last two years you've seen really positive growth out of him. I agree. Um, it, He's uh, down the stretch. Uh, did, did was he one of the ones that got hurt at the end of the season? Um, he might have I mean, been. Everybody was banged up a little bit, but I, I was think... going to say I thought down the stretch he played. He he filled in and played well. Um, uh, but it, it, then I started thinking about it. Maybe he got hurt last like two weeks of the season. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't Does he normally so. fill in for uh, Anthony Walker when he's out? I mean, they've had to rotate so many guys yeah. through because the linebacking core has just been a complete hodgepodge of like whoever the hell can fill our our linebacker group or our linebacker spots. That's who we're putting in. I mean, the <laughs> thing is, like with the way this Browns defense is set up, um, it's really like linebacker by committee, right? Like because they don't we don't have. I mean, you have JOK, but JOK is so versatile. He's not like a. He's not like a Ray Lewis type. He's not a Lawrence Taylor type. Like no, he's more like a Troy Polamalu type. He yeah, linebacker all over the field, right? Yeah. So it's like you still you would like to be able to have somebody that's like a stalwart. Well, and Anthony Walker was playing really well this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just think Anthony Walker's one of those guys that he's he's always been a tryhard, and I, you know I like that about him. Um, but he's also been he's also getting older, and he's also been riddled with injuries. Um, to me, from a, a character standpoint, I'd like to have Anthony Walker back. I think he's a good locker room guy, and I think he's productive. Um, but based on where he is in the market, I think he's somebody that can get a nice deal outside of Cleveland, and you probably won't get him back. Um, so to me, I'm looking at Taki Taki being the only guy out of this group that I absolutely have to have back. Um, again, we're up against Cap, right? So it's like it's a you got to make the decision between like I like this guy, I'd like to have him back. Well, and you're like, probably looking at an extension this offseason potentially for JOK. So oh yeah, you have to be. So you have to be. So yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, as much as I don't want to see Anthony Walker go, I think as far as the bigger names, the two bigger names here, Sione Taki Taki and Anthony Walker, he's more likely to go. Because I don't think, even though Sione Taki Taki played well and has played much better just as he's progressed, um, I don't think he warrants any big contracts right now anyways. So no, you're going to be able to get him back. Yeah, I think you'll be able to get him back at a reasonable price. And, and I think that he's I think he's a good piece. I think yep. he's a really good piece to have. Yep. Uh, next up, Mike Ford Jr. at cornerback. Uh, he's he was a pretty decent depth piece this year. Yeah, uh, he came in and played some meaningful minutes. So yeah, there's a guy that um, definitely proved his versatility. I think a lot this year because he had to play kind of all over in the secondary. Um, did have did have some big moments. Um, made some big tackles. Um, this is what I, I'll say about. Mike do Ford. I have to have Mike Ford Jr. on my team? I got. I got. I have significant investment in Newsom. I have significant investment in Ward. I have investment in um, in my safeties at this point. Like, here's if, here's so what me, I'll to say. Me, he's a cap casualty guy. Here's what I'll say about Mike Ford. I think we keep him, and I think it's because we're all going to be very um, surprised later in the off season when the Browns trade like a Newsom, or they. It's probably going to be Newsom is who it's going to be um, because they have Denzel Ward and they have Martin Emerson who both played really well 
anytime they were on the field this year. And Newsom played well too, and he's also a Pro Bowl caliber corner. But most teams don't have the luxury of having three for a reason. It's because those guys demand big paychecks, and True. Newsom's going to need paid here soon. So, well, and I think if you look at the corners right now, the corner situation, if you're going to lose one of those corners, it's Newsom. I think it's Denzel. I mean, because he's he's your most expensive player on the defense besides Miles. Yeah, I mean, I I, I see where you're coming from, but he, and he's the oldest. He is the oldest. And he's the most injury riddled. <laughs> but the crazy part is, so I actually went. I, I don't have the the stats off the top of my head. I went back and looked at the number of games that he missed, and it's not. It wasn't nearly as many as I thought it was. Um, well, I think he played through injury a lot yeah. this year. Um, he just is always on the injury report. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, I don't know. I just. I just think like it's it's always I don't know. it's always hard to say it's always hard to say goodbye to fan favorites. Um, but the thing that I always go back to, like with this Browns team, especially given the window they have with guys like the the corners that we just mentioned, and like, guys can you like still Miles, win a championship with Newsom and, and Emerson. Yeah, like like what have you won with these guys? Like, yeah, I'd love to keep Kareem Hunt on the team. What have you won with Kareem Hunt? Nothing. What have what have, I loved? I'd love to keep Denzel till he retires. I'd love him to be a Brown. What have you won with Denzel? Nothing. So at some point, the only thing with Denzel and the reason why I think they keep him is the same, almost the same exact scenario played out with Joe Hayden. And Joe Hayden went on and played very well with the Steelers for quite a few more years before he he kind of was relegated to backup duty. Sure, sure. Well, I don't think it's a question of like that. Can Denzel even still play? It's like, can I bring in somebody that can be productive that costs a fraction of what Denzel costs? You know. Yeah, could, they, could could Mike Ford be signed and play in the backfield with Newsom and Emerson, and without Denzel, like, could we survive? Yeah. Brown Brown scouting department on DBs has seemed to be pretty solid the last few years because they brought in some guys. You're like, where'd that guy come from? You know, Martin Emerson's a perfect yeah, example. Like he was like, what was he third, fourth round pick? Nobody uh, might, might even been later than that. <laughs> AJ Green's another one. AJ Green just yeah. played significant minutes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's a good point, Bone. Like they they've done a good job bringing in defenders uh, for the secondary. I will say it, I'm not uh, disagreeing with you that it might be Denzel. I think one of the big three corner, and I think the one that's safe for sure is Martin Emerson. He's the youngest. He's, oh, yeah. he's still he's, under he's his rookie contract. Anywhere. He's not going anywhere. So I, I think either too, Denzel Ward or or uh, Greg Newsom is going to be gone before the season starts. You got to remember too that the Browns drafted. Um, two corners last year. So you have Khalif Hayalasi and Cameron Mitchell. Uh, Cameron Mitchell played. Both waiting in the wings. Played well. um, To be potential starters someday. Well, and if you're talking about... I mean, well, for whatever it's worth, if they if they really like Northwestern in the coaching staff and the front office here, uh, then you got um, uh, Newsom and Cameron Mitchell would be the guys you keep. It is crazy. Denzel's only... 26. He seems, right. seems like he's been in the league a lot longer than that. Right. Well, he's he only been in the league for six years. Yeah, he only played two years of college football. So and he came out and he's instantly the, one of the best corners in the league. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's a tough one. But it, I, th- I think one of them will be gone. Newsom or Denzel, I think, is going to be well, gone. Well, the good news is those guys aren't on expiring contracts. No, the only Mike one Ford is. is Mike Ford. Uh, so uh, I, I think they keep Mike Ford because of that. So I think uh, he's gone because I think they have depth there already, and they they have guys that can play there. Um, 
Staying in the secondary, uh, safety Rodney McLeod. Uh, this is an interesting one. I, I think you got to actually pay him a little bit. He played well again this year when he was in. Uh, I would love to have him back. I just I think he's going to be a cap casualty. I think because he's coming off injury, you might be able to resign him. Um, but I agree. I think he was. I think he was a nice piece to have. Um, him and Duran Harmon both. Duran Harmon played well. Is, yeah. is older, um, so I don't know that you need him. He's probably a gone guy, but. Um, but Roddy McLeod, if I was picking one of these guys for sure, I would I would want to resign. Yeah, I would love to have Roddy McLeod back. I just don't know if it's doable with the cap space. Um, you got Ronnie Hickman in the wings too. Who that's the other played thing well. Is, it played really well when he played. Yeah. He was a big surprise last year, unrestricted free agent, basically paying him nothing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think he might end up being like the number two behind Juan Thornhill. So. Um. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I mean, Duran uh, Harmon's 33. So, uh, Duran Harmon's gone. There's no way they're bringing yeah. him back. As um, well as he played, he's he's gone. He had one one last crack at it and did well. But yeah, Rodney McLeod is, is a guy like that back. And then we get into the defensive line, which is interesting here because there's a lot of big pieces that – would be ideal if we brought back, but we're not going to be able to bring all of them back. So uh, defensive ends at Darius Smith is the first one. Um, I want him back. I don't know if we can afford him. Can't afford him. <laughs> He's gone. Yeah, I don't I don't think you can afford it, which sucks because then we're going back to double teams on miles. I mean, it's always double teams on miles, but like double and triple teams on miles because they don't have to account for another tight end or another uh, defensive end on the other side. Um. Yeah. Look, I you know Isaiah Thomas is still there. They like Isaiah Thomas a lot. Um. I just think you're you're not going to be able to you're not going to pay him. He's just he's he's worth more and more than we can give him. Yeah. Um. So I think Zadarius Smith is gone. Jordan. Uh. Next three are all defensive tackles: Jordan Elliott, uh, Maurice uh, Mohurst, and Shelby Harris. Um. Of these three, I think uh, Shelby Harris probably goes. Uh, um, of these three, I'd like to see Jordan Elliott go. I'd love to keep Maurice Hurst and Shelby Harris both. I Why was uh, Shelby Harris available? We got him like late at the beginning of the year, right? Like, yeah, like, like deep right into free, free agency. Um, he was just kind of sitting out there, and I think nobody wanted to really pay him anything. Okay. We we're like, whatever, we'll give you a one year deal. Sure. And then uh, he was hurt for most of the season, wasn't he? Um, or did he just not do I, anything? I just think he didn't get in a whole lot. Um, I'm trying to think, because was, was he a. Uh, did we trade Mo for Hurst. him? I was kind of thinking I heard Shelby Harris's name a lot throughout the year. Like, I don't have any numbers to back that up, but his name stuck out to me <laughs> well, as being tackles, somebody who— So you, you yeah, don't hear I, their name much anyways. Um, Mo Hurst, though, I mean, Mo Hurst was hurt most of the season, He, or at least a portion of the season. Played well while he was in, though. I uh, would like to get him back. Jordan Elliott was kind of a depth piece. Shelby Harris apparently played all season. He, was in, he played 17, 17 games. Well, dang. Um. Yeah, I just think I look. I think Shelby Harris is a good piece. I think Mohurst is a good piece. Mohurst obviously got hurt. Um, I've had enough Jordan Elliott. I, I agree. Jordan Elliott has never done anything for me. Um, and in a in a tight cap year, I got I got no use for guys like that. That just I've, I've been waiting to develop and have never done anything. Yep. Uh. Yeah. I think I don't know. Uh. I agree on Jordan Elliott. Mohurst probably like to have him back. Uh, we got him pretty cheap this last year, and I think you get him pretty cheap again. It's not like he like lit anything up this year or anything. No. Um, 
and Shelby Harris, uh, the fact that I didn't even know he played the whole season, uh, <laughs> tells me that his price tag will go down this year. So, <laughs> why do you think he was a big rotation guy? You know, they they did a good job of keeping those guys fresh on the on a defensive line all year long. Yeah, so let's let's run it back with the defense. Uh, Matthew Adams gone, gone, gone. Jordan Kunichik gone, gone, gone. Jacob Phillips stay. I think he's going to be gone. Gone. Uh, Sione Takitaki, stay. 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 Anthony Walker, gone. I'd like to keep him. Gone. Uh, Mike Ford Jr., gone. Gone. Well, keep him if, if there, you can. If there's a trade, I think he'll stay, but if there's not, he's going to be gone. Uh, Roddy McLeod, hope he stays, uh, but I think he's going to be gone. Um, I'd, I'd like to keep I think Roddy stays. I'd like to see him stay. I think he'll stay. Deron Harmon, gone. 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 Zedaria Smith, gone. 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 Jordan Elliott, gone. 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 Uh, Mo Hurst, stay. 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 Yeah, I guess stay. I don't I don't know. Shelby Harris, I think he stays as well. Going back on what I said originally. I think he stays. Well, if you get rid of Jordan Elliott, did you, you, yeah. I mean, you got to sign somebody to be your <laughs> Somebody's got to so. play defense. And, they can't, and, they, and again, we're late on draft picks. So. <laughs> yep. And then finally, uh, special teams here, punter Corey Bajorquez. I think it's a no-brainer. You re-sign him. Out of all the guys on this list, he's the most He's number one. Re-sign. Yeah, you got to re-sign Dude's him. He's got a bomb of a leg. Um, was was huge all year long for this team. Anytime yep. you need a clutch punt, I think he shanked one or two, but they all do. So, yeah. Um, I mean, this guy. I mean, is, most games he averaged like fifty-three yards a punt or something stupid. Like was, yeah, I, mean, I was I, like, and and it seems like when you needed a seventy-yard punt, like he was, he, he was, was there, he yeah. was there. So yeah. uh, there is one exclusive rights uh, free agent, and that's defensive end Sam Kamara. I think if somebody tries to sign him, they'll just let him go. Agreed. <laughs> uh, and that'll do it. I mean, that's everybody. Those are all the rotating pieces for the Browns that we're going to have to uh, probably fill the void from. As we get into next season, I wish we had a um, contract counter to see like what those guys were worth this year to see like how much that would save you in cap space. Yeah, I mean that would be a the lot funny thing is you, you add all these up and it'll save you like a quarter of like <laughs> twelve a, twelve a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get to sign one person, <laughs> right? Uh, but yeah, uh, so that'll do it for the free agents. Uh, let's go ahead and get to the Burning River Rundown. <laughs> That was the most boring piece of podcast or radio that's ever been made. You know, we can't. They can't all be winners. <laughs> that was definitely not a winner. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely be more excited and uh, have a lot more to talk about like, when we talk about prospects. Like it felt like it was important to talk about, but the fact is that there's 25 names and most of them don't matter. That's what. It, yeah, I was like, a lot of these players true. are just like there. It's true, uh, but I mean, I think it's like it you got to because you got to fill the roster. But like, right. it sets the stage though for you know, like I said at the top of the show, it's a three part series. We have to talk about who's leaving before we can get into like the exciting oh, names that could possibly replace. I them. know it's just like a three hour movie that should have been a two hour movie. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> it was way yeah. too much backstory. Yeah, it was like half hour of podcast that should have been like twelve minutes. <laughs> uh, you're welcome, fans. You're welcome. That was painful. That was painful. Uh, but anyways, that was painful for us. We can only imagine how painful it was for you. Yeah. To kick off the Burning River Rundown, uh, we've talked about the chess match between the Browns owners and the city regarding the stadium. 
Uh, we talked about the new site, all that stuff last week. Uh, dome versus open air versus retractable roof. Everything there was to talk about about the stadium, we talked about it last week. Uh, but it was reported this week that the Browns owners pitched to the city last year a $1 billion uh, stadium renovation with the, uh, with the city picking up half the bill. And the city said, nah, we don't like that. And so I don't know if the city has a half bill to just put it well, in the stadium. Yeah, there's that. Uh, and I, I don't know. That could have been coming from multiple different places. But basically, the Haslams said they would pay for half of it is what it boils down to. Um, Which, again, I think we talked about this in depth last week. But like, as much as I hate taxes, taxation, and... Like, like government government revenue isn't real revenue, right? It's, it's taxpayer no, yeah. dollars. That's what it yeah. is. They call it revenue, but it's taxpayer dollars. Yeah, um, that's not real money. That doesn't come from anything productive. It's just pulled from taxpayers. Um, you, but you're taking my money from me. But if I look at the city of Cleveland and I say, keeping the stadium on the lakeshore benefits all these businesses. It benefits the people that live in the area. Um, like. You are almost stuck having to pay something on the stadium because if you want it, if you want eight, you know, eight to ten weekends a year where your city is packed full of an extra hundred thousand people, yeah, to see a game that are visiting bars and restaurants, and everybody and, there does, and and buying, you know, going to your stores and things before and afterwards. Um, I mean, like, I can only imagine what that number is worth to the city of Cleveland from a, a full economic standpoint. If you looked at those ten days of the year versus any other day or any other 10 days of the year. Like those have to be some of the most successful days for all the businesses downtown on East Forest. Well, especially probably this year. Like the Browns are playing well. So you know that, that all those places, all those places that are showing the Browns game or whatever else downtown are packed. Right. I mean, look, look, just as we talked like with the Browns backers all year long, like this team was good this year and their crowds were bigger. Uh, same thing goes in, in like downtown. Like when the Browns are good, those those businesses downtown are packed. So, yep. um, is it fair for the city to have to pick up some of the tab? As as much as I hate it and and I'm against it, like I I kind of almost have changed course on this and think you know, it's a it's, privilege it's, to have. It is a professional and, and, team. And, and the reality is we're a small market, right? Yeah. We're not Atlanta. We're not Chicago. Um, you know, those are places that have three, five, seven million people in their metropolitan area. And Cleveland has 350,000 people. Um, to have a baseball team, a basketball team, an NFL team, um, soon to be maybe an NHL team here. Um, soon to be maybe NHL, uh, soon um, to be a, uh, 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 professional soccer MLS team. MLS team. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of towns in this country that don't have any of those. Maybe maybe have one if they're lucky, right? You know, yeah. Um, so we are very fortunate to have that. And so again, it's like as much as I hate the tax conversation, it almost is is kind of like if you're going to be a small market and you want to play with the big boys and have new things, it's kind of you're you're going to have to put up or shut up. Yeah. Yeah, I I hate taxes too, but I I kind of agree with you. I've, as I've gotten older, not that I. I'm okay with paying more taxes. That's not what I'm saying. I hate taxes. Uh, but it's kind of those, like, you, you want to be in a nicer school district while they, I mean, they use, how do they pay for schools in Ohio, even though it's unconstitutional? Uh, <laughs> property taxes? Yeah. They use your property taxes. So you you pay more in property taxes to have a nice school. And it just is what it is. And, and I know that's not a great answer. It's really yeah, not. Yeah, see, there's a, that analogy. I can't get on board with that one's different. But, uh, that's but. 
but this I'm just one, saying it's. Well, then I'll use the other one that I always say, like if I want a ni- really nice zoo in the area, like you don't have to have a zoo, but I want a zoo, so I should probably pay for it. That's another one I hate too because a zoo should be sufficient on its own. A zoo should be able to pay its own bills. If you're a good zoo, you charge admission and people pay it and come. If you're to a good see football it. team, you should charge admission and people should pay for it and come to see it. The the zoo doesn't bring people from all around the country to your speak for yourself. You don't know about wildlife buffs at one at once a week during the NFL season, and people spend a bunch of money. The the Akron <laughs> Zoo, the economic impact of the Akron <laughs> Zoo is nowhere near the Cleveland Zoo is pretty the, good though. The economic impact of the Browns playing on the Sunday. Columbus Zoo, people come from all over the world to see. I um, got Jack Hanna. I guarantee that if you added up the numbers, it's not even close. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, like, no. We all hate taxes. I'm just saying, it's like, sometimes close. you got to pay if you want to have something nice. But the zoo is a business and should be able to support it itself. That's a really bad argument when we're talking about a football team. Well, no, we're talking about a football team that, that the, the argument is that it benefits the entire city in a meaningful economic way. The zoo is not driving millions of dollars to bars and restaurants each week. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. To that point, though, the zoo is open all year. Didn't think about that. <laughs> it's its own business. <laughs> why can't it? Why can't it just charge twelve dollars for admission and and? No, I, I would. Bills? I would actually agree with that. <laughs> I mean, what what business does the government have running zoos? What does the government know about exotic animals? What don't they know about exotic animals? Well, they don't know much dick about exotic animals. I guarantee you that. Listen, we're getting off track here. I don't... <laughs> well, here in Ohio, you can have exotic animals at your house. That's true. That one guy had them in Columbus, and they all escaped. <laughs> <laughs> true. He should have charged more for admission. And then he would have had better cages. He would have had better cages. Um... I think he let them all free and then killed himself. <laughs> Listen, we weren't going to go there, but... but... <laughs> Bone Man took us there. Um, yeah, sorry. It's a different conversation altogether. Look, I'm just saying, like, if we got really off track. Here, here's what I'll say: <laughs> If the Akron Zoo moved to Canton, this is the oddest podcast. If the Akron ever Zoo moved to Canton because Canton was like, "We'll give you guys an extra million dollars for your zoo," I'd be like, "Fucking great, go to Canton." If the Browns were like, "We're going to go to Columbus because the city won't pay half of the stadium bill," I'd be like, "That fucking sucks." Yeah, that's a great point. That's fair. I'll, I'll agree with that one. Okay, so that's, what, that's all I'm saying. Tushy. Tushy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Peter King wrote an article this week for NBC Sports within which it was mentioned that it is very likely the game that will be played in Brazil on Friday, September 6th, to open the season, I believe, will be Cleveland versus Philadelphia. Uh, so first of all, Gary Barnage asking you shall receive. Hell yeah. Um, Gary Barnage, in case anyone had, did not catch that interview was talking up brazil and how they were so big into football down there and it was one of the biggest untapped markets in the world for football um and here we are the cleveland browns potentially going to brazil to be showcased in front of the entire world so what do you guys think about this you guys excited about cleveland playing in brazil um look it's 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 huge visibility for your team in your city to be in a primetime game in another country that being said, I always hate it because they play at like freaking weird times. Like I don't know what time. I guess Brazil probably is closer to our time zone, than maybe like London than like London. But it's a good point. Um, but I hate like when they play in London, their games at like nine a.m. Um, I also just hate the the whole London thing because 
I'm okay with it as an exhibition to go to different countries to expand the reach of the game. I'm not okay with the conversations of like, what would it, what would it look like if we had an NFL team in Brazil? Like, the logistics of it are so stupid. Just like if we had an NFL team in London, like you can't put people on 12 hour flights and expect them to play football the next day every week of the season. Like it's just not realistic. Well, the good news is is it says it's going to be an evening game Friday night. Nice. So that's that's fine. I'm fine with that. Look, I, that's again, kicking off the NFL season, right? Huge, yeah, huge Bingo. visibility for your team. I I'm totally for this. I think Brazil. This will be the first game in Brazil. Yeah. So that's exciting. Um, look, I got. I have no problem with this at all. I think this would be a super cool thing for the city. I don't know, you know, how credible this is. Peter King is usually a pretty good um, source, but. Um, Cleveland and Philly seems like maybe odd choices, I guess. Um, I, I believe Philly's already set in stone, Phil, right? Philly's already set in stone. Yeah. 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 Um, and and ju- I, I think process of elimination and the way schedules play out, like well, it just well, looks like Well, this is going to be Friday, September 6th, because the season starts on a Thursday, so this wouldn't be the actual open of the season. True. Okay. So it would so be, like be the a, second game. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it makes sense because 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 the opening game of the season is usually like the Super Bowl loser or the AFC Champion versus yeah. AFC Champion, like something um, real big from those games. Yeah. So, um, but no, look, I think this would be super cool. I'm I'm all for it. You know why I'm excited for this because I, I it's not love, taking one of Cleveland's home games I because Philadelphia is the home team. I also nice. love big booty Brazilian women. Well, you do love those. You yes. think they're going to be at the game? Yeah. They have to be, right? Blowing yeah. their horns like they do for soccer games. <laughs> their vuvuzelas. Yeah. Those uh, things. <laughs> uh, I love Brazilian vuvuzelas. Yeah. <laughs> from a from a player perspective, I feel like you you'd be pumped to go play in Brazil, right? Like, I would be. You're not I going mean, to once London, once a year, you know? right? Like you're going to Brazil. Like that just <laughs> yeah, seems like, cool. And I mean, tropical you're going down a week and, early for vacation. Like talking yeah. about players on the Browns that have fun. Like David Njoku is going to be just having a ball down here. He's going to have a shirt off. All the big Brazilian booty ladies the are, are going to be hanging out, screaming at David Njoku. He's going to be loving it. <laughs> Uh, Kenny's going to be watching. Kenny's literally going to tune in just to watch big booty Brazilian women. I think if I think if that does happen, how many times can we say big booty Brazilian women? <laughs> I think if that does happen, our show just got turned. It was so slow. <laughs> Browns backers Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> I think if that does happen, the team likely would go down like three or four days early, probably to like. Yeah, I take culture. it all back. Let's yeah. not do it. There's a lot of trouble that could be had. <laughs> well, no, but like they could like if the the whole point is to go to the grow of the game, right? Yeah. Could you do like almost like not like the Super Bowl media days, but like community outreach where you're down there for a day and you go and meet people in like various industries and like sign autographs. Oh, yeah. Like there's a ton of good that comes from in terms of growing a game that they can do by being down there for a few days. It would be a huge bonding moment for the team to be able to like hang out for a day on the beach and just get acclimated like the culture because Oh man, are we gonna get the the beach photos like we did this past off season where what's his name was just wearing like like shirt and shoes and <laughs> Um, maybe that was Nick Chubb, wasn't it? it? Was running on the beach in tennis shoes and sweatpants. I think, it, I think it was Nick Chubb. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, but that was from Sean's vacation. But no, I think this. I think everything about this is cool. I think again, growing the game is cool. I like it as an exhibition one time a year. I just don't like it. I don't like it shoved down my throat every other week. And I don't like the idea of like let's talk about this now being a global game and putting a franchise in in Buenos Aires. Like let's not. I feel like. It, as far as is making it a global game, like Brazil actually would make much more sense to put a franchise in than like 
That's still England, a long ass like they're flight, talking man. about. I mean, the flights are long, yeah. So for the players, it's a challenge and that type of thing. But I'm talking about. So you're not talking. You're not saying there's this huge gap in time frame where all the games are played at like four o'clock in the morning because Agreed. we're playing over New Eng- the, over in England. But the travel miles for both teams because they got to come and play half their games in the states. Yeah. And then these teams. Oh well, yeah, that's like, the that's the team that benefits the least is the team that <laughs> yeah, is I mean, actually playing. I don't in Brazil. know how you even, how you even do that. And it's just like it's just inconvenient for the players too, right? Once like, they get those super fast jet planes up and going, like that's, imagine that's, you're, that's when we could do this. Imagine you go to the University of Akron and you get drafted in the NFL, and they're like, "You guys, you're moving to Brazil, bro." <laughs> Do you know worst. anything about Brazil? <laughs> you speak Portuguese? Like, no. <laughs> well, that's where you're moving. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I don't know how they actually, because they have been talking about that for, and it keeps growing as far as like the, the we're going to make this a global game thing. And I think the best case scenario is like what they tried to do in the early part of the 2000s, which is like have NFL Europe, like have its own competing league over there that drafts its own players out of, uh, Cambridge and these other schools that and like have college football over there and like just develop the game in these other countries and like have them have their own leagues have br- and then maybe NFL eventually Brazil. when they're ready you bring them all together. Well, yeah, maybe you, like you could probably do like an NFL you could do in like South America where they like play each other. South America wouldn't be crazy if they had their own NFL and like NFL Europe where you had all these different countries. Like, what I'm saying just, in like playoffs, for example, if you eventually want to bring them all together, like. Just like one game a year, the conference championships from each continent like play each other. I mean, maybe you do something in the preseason that might or make the, the preseason yeah. more interesting. That'd actually be kind of cool. Instead know. of instead of uh, normal exhibition against other teams, you have it against. I mean, I guess teams if you played, you could play one game. If you played one game in your international conference each year, that would be something that was kind of neat. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We did it again. We got off track. Uh, <laughs> coincidentally, Peter King also reported this week that the Browns execs were, and I quote, turned off by Patrick Mahomes mechanics in 2017. Like, what did Peter King, like, dust off an old Burger King napkin? He was like, oh, oh I found I'm, all this the Browns. The man. Browns hated <laughs> Patrick Mahomes eight years ago. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't really know where this came from, but all I can say is, especially with the the Browns uh, front office of the time, I mean, it's definitely on point, right? So, um, just the Browns front office at any time It's pretty on point. Um, yeah, I, I think that I think what's more important here is like this just goes to show for the millionth time how hard it is to um, kind of guesstimate how good any quarterback is that comes out of college based on it's a crapshoot man based on statistics and what you see with the eye test and what you see with their their physicals um you know their measurables and things and you go i don't like you can always find something wrong with somebody yeah um and then like sometimes they're patrick mahomes well, and, it's, and it's crazy <laughs> because even like today when you watch patrick mahomes like the analysts will talk about it all the time they're like uh, that was weird, but it worked. Well, the, I mean, the, guy <laughs> like the threw, dude throws no look passes. As you say, the guy throws passes with his left hand sometimes. Like yeah. he's just like, oh, this hand's not going to work for now because I'm turning the other way. I just throw this one. <laughs> um, yeah, like those aren't good fundamentals, Patrick. 
but, but like they score touchdowns. Yeah, that brings you to another good point. Like, how important are fundamentals? Like, guys like Brett Favre ran this league for twenty years. Patrick Mahomes is going to run this Brett league for Favre 20 literally years. threw fundamentals out the window. He's like, fuck some that. Of, some, I'm just going to throw it into triple coverage and hopefully something good happens. <laughs> some of the best quarterbacks had the worst. I mean, go back in time and watch the guys that took straight back drops out of the shotgun. I mean, <laughs> like, but like, there you got guys like Unitas that did that. Like, yeah. Well, they were the best of all time. Well, their fundamentals were totally different than the, than the fundamentals of Marino. Yeah, who who decides what the fundamentals are? <laughs> That's what I want. Whether know. they're good or not. Like in thirty years, is what Patrick Mahomes is doing? Is that the fundamentals? The only one we can all agree on was Tim Tebow had bad fundamentals. Yes, <laughs> That's the only one that. We yeah, he won a playoff play. game. He, he did. did win a playoff he game. did win a playoff game. He's won way, way more playoff games than a lot of Browns quarterbacks that yeah, came in. They had good. That's true. Good. Uh, what was uh, Cody? Um, you don't need fundamentals when you got heart. <laughs> And Jesus. And Jesus. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Touchdown. Uh, anyways. Number one. Uh, so, yeah. Um, what was the Browns quarterback that they drafted, that Hugh Jackson drafted? He was like, this kid's going to be good. Cody, Cody Kessler. Cody Kessler. Yeah. Cody Kessler. Like, that tr- was the trust, one. Me yeah, trust, trust me on this one. Fundamentally good. That was the quote. Trust me on this one. Yeah. Uh, way to put your career on the line. Uh, and down it goes. Uh, next up here, Deshaun Watson is to resume throwing in March as he takes the next step in his recovery from the broken bone in his shoulder. Uh, exciting news that the, the guy that we're paying so much money for is getting back on the field. Um, Look, I, I've heard a lot of guys, um, like exercise physiologists and like and like doctors that do shoulder work, that like this is a tough injury to come back from. Uh, anything you got your, your rotator cuff inside your rotator cuff, um, that's just not. It's not an easy rehab. Well, I think the biggest takeaway from this, from the news that he's going to resume throwing in March, is just that we'll know a lot more in March. Well, and I think the other thing it does is it kind of milestones like he's on pace for well, what I thought. On on pace um, before throwing and after throwing are two completely Well, no, but I'm just saying so. like the, what it, what it all signifies now is like the surgeries went as expected yeah. and he's able to resume throwing, which – fair. But, yeah, I mean, let's see if he has just velocity and control of the ball now. <laughs> yep, so I guess all we really have to say for this one is stay tuned. Um, like I said, we'll, being that he'll be resuming his throwing in March, I'm sure we'll know pretty quickly how that throwing is looking uh, and, and if he's able to make all the throws that he made before. I mean, here's the thing. Even if he looks bad, the news coming out of Berea is going to be he's great. the best we've ever seen. He's yeah. stronger than he's ever been. That's true. It's the best spiral I've ever seen. That's true. I mean, uh, nobody throws the best spiral I've ever seen other than Joe Flacco. <laughs> that's, no, that's true. <laughs> that is, a, that is that one is thing I will agree with. with I, I, anybody that says they've seen a better spiral is wrong that's because true. I've never seen somebody throw it just like – no matter how he throws it, wherever he throws it. It was ridiculous. One of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. It was like it came out of a jugs machine. Yeah. I, think, I think he can touch his thumb and his pointer finger around the football. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a fact. Yeah. I'm pretty, sure, uh, I'm pretty sure his wiener goes all the way. <laughs> <laughs> that's weird, but uh, what Zach said was correct. Um, and then last up here, uh, Kenny, last week uh, you said that Brandon, you thought Brandon Ayuk uh, would be a free agent this offseason. Well, you were wrong. Oh. Uh, but he is the center of trade talks in San Francisco, and his camp is saying he's probably on the move this offseason. And so with that being said, the rumor mill in Cleveland here has obviously started up, and uh, the Browns have been named as a potential suitor for a trade. Um, with the state of contracts, cap space, all that good stuff, uh, two likely scenarios were thrown out in which we would land him. Uh, and Jack Duffer, who is a reporter for uh, Orange and Brown Report, gave the following scenarios uh, for landing 
Brandon Ayuk, who I know you would love to have. Uh, scenario number one, Amari Cooper's gone. I don't like that because it destroys it. What's the point? You get Ayuk for Cooper? I think Ayuk's yeah. younger. Younger, bigger, but, but, faster, stronger. But, I mean, when you're trying to better the entire receiving room, if like, I was If I was given the option to trade Amari Cooper straight, straight up, up for Ayuk, I mean, yeah, I'm taking Brandon Ayuk every day of the week. As much as I love Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper hasn't done anything wrong. Yeah. I just... Here's... Here's the more likely one, though, that he threw out, and the one that I, I think might be legitimate uh, is scenario number two is Chubb and Wyatt Teller are both gone. Uh, as much as we need depth at, at, at offensive line, uh, we've already talked about Wyatt Teller could possibly be a casualty because he makes a lot of money. And he wrestles alligators. He wrestles alligators. He has a lovely wife. He has a lovely wife who sends us great Christmas cards. But he mauls people. He does, uh, but he costs a lot of money. Yeah. Costs a lot of money. Um, I'm okay with this, as much as I don't want to get rid of Nick Chubb. If you're if Chubb's going to be leaving, I would like to get I, something back. I think from it's him. a part of it. It was is like I've already accepted that He's Nick gone. Chubb is probably. Like, we both have like with a 99 percent certainty. I don't expect Nick Chubb on this roster next year. I agree. Which, am I a fan of that? No. Do you, do you agree I'm with not. that bone, or you think he's coming back? I don't like it. I'm going to say he's coming back. I don't like it. I the eternal, love- the eternal optimist, Bone Man over here. Look, again, Nick Chubb's my favorite player in the NFL. Like I don't want to. Nick go Chubb's anywhere. my favorite Brown of all time. Of all time, yeah. I've ever had a chance to watch. I, that, I, I want Nick Chubb to. You retire know what I'm excited Brown. about is is not the fact that he's leaving, but the fact that when he does leave, and I say when because I'm with you. I, I'm 99 percent sure he's not going to be on the team <clears> to start this next season. Uh, that is one jersey that I could forever wear proudly and be like, yeah, Nick Chubb was on our team. Yeah. So. He was really that's good. pretty cool, but but that's the second scenario. Yeah. Would you would you do that? You said yes. Would you go and do this I do trade? It. Would I you do, do it in Chubb and Wyatt Teller for Brandon Ayuk? I would not. Not. I like I like uh, Wyatt. I want to keep him, and I like Chubb. I say we pay him. Amari Cooper. I think they're two ballers. Amari Cooper, Brandon Ayuk, and Dave where are you going to get that money? Here. I don't know. <laughs> that free agent list, all those cuts we're about to make. Zadarius, <laughs> we just don't sign anybody. <laughs> Look, Amari Cooper, Brandon Ayuk, and David Njoku catching the ball for Joe Flacco next year with Super Bowl. <laughs> Super Bowl. I, as much as I hate to say it, I would do the trade just because I think Chubb's going to be gone regardless. Um, I don't want to lose Wyatt Teller. I don't want to lose Nick Chubb, but I. There, I think there's a good chance neither of them is on our team next year. So well, again, like again, it's just it goes back to that like. I don't want to get rid of anybody. I love all the guys that are on the Cleveland Browns. We had a great team this year. But like, did we, we, had a, we had a lot of bad luck, but we had a great but team this year. Did we win the Super Bowl? No. No. So like you didn't. have to, like, change is inevitable. Yeah. And if I can get a guy like Nayuk in his prime. I am inevitable. All right, Patrick. Um, <laughs> like, if I can get if I can get Brandon Ayuk in his, in his prime with a quarterback that desperately needs help. Yeah. To, to go back to whatever he was. Again, I hate to say it, but I, I would do this trade. I know a couple of years ago, Ayuk had some issues in San Francisco. I don't know if he's grown up from that, but I know he was Apparently like, I, always, I would always if, read stories if about if him being in the doghouse and uh, what, uh, Shanahan won't play him until he gets in his good graces and this and that. I think he sat a couple of years ago. He sat quite a few games just because he was trouble. To that, I'll say Kyle Shanahan didn't like Johnny Manziel either, so F him. <laughs> Uh, and I wonder, dead wrong. I wonder why. Dead wrong. <laughs> and Kyle Seahan doesn't know the rules, so 
This is why I can't take you seriously when you talk about Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I know they're completely different, but the fact that you love Johnny Manziel so damn much. My favorite quarterback of all time. Uh, makes me just, I lose all respect for you when it comes to quarterbacks. Uh, except for Joe Flacco throwing the tightest spiral of all time. Look, I'm not saying Johnny Manziel was Tom Brady on the field. But off the field. <laughs> He's Tom Brady. <laughs> He's Tom Brady in life, man. Um, he literally admitted he, he paid zero attention to the NFL his like whole career. Like on that documentary, he pretty much said that. He's just like, no, he didn't pretty much say it. He said it. Yeah, he said it. He said it. He's like, yeah, I didn't care. They said, how much time did you spend watching film? He didn't watch any film. Zero. I did not watch any film. Um, he also showed up to games high on crack. Uh, yeah. Listen, listen, listen. We won't talk about Johnny Menzel today anymore. The dude was doing eight ball in the locker room. I got too much. I can't hear you. I've got too much money in my fucking ear, Classic. man. Classic Menzel. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. It doesn't get any better than that. Um, also, to close out uh, Burning River Rundown, um, I just want to say we've already talked about it, um, but we've been talking about Nick Chubb and the $12 million they can save by cutting him. Since two years ago. Um, so while it's a hot story now, everybody's starting to pick it up. NFL.com just posted as the number one candidate in the AFC to be, to be cut, Nick Chubb. Uh, we've been talking about this for a while. So uh, maybe you guys should pay attention because we break news two years in advance. I think the interesting thing is, where does Nick Chubb go? I don't know. Uh, he's definitely going to go to an AFC North team. He's probably going to go to the Ravens win a Super Bowl. I can see him going to the Ravens. Yeah. <laughs> they they respect the running game there. He's probably going to go to the Ravens. He's probably going to replace Najee Harris in, in Pittsburgh. And I can see him going to Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah. Browns can't a, let that that's happen. That's the two places I can see him. Well, they have no control over if well, they, they cut trade him. him, like you guys are talking about. You got some control there, right? Oh, well, yeah. Now you yeah. like the trade, huh? Well, I don't want to see him <laughs> cut and go to Baltimore. Yeah, you see? You well, see, I would have um, done the, uh, the, the Cooper. Uh, oh, no, the other trade involved. Yeah, gotcha. Never mind. What yeah. if... The yeah. San Francisco 49ers started next year with Nick Chubb and Christian McCaffrey in their backfield. Jesus Christ. <laughs> if they're not favored to win the Super Bowl, then nobody's winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> they could run for three just, Like The world's just going to end. They could run for 3,000 yards. Well, how, about, oh my God. how about sending them to Houston with uh, C.J. Stroud? Oh, my God. I just wonder, like, would any of those teams pay for it? I think it's my question yeah. more. Is Not so much. I think like, somebody would pay 15 mil. I mean, Saquon was out there. Saquon's not Nick Chubb. As good as Saquon is, he's not Nick Chubb. Uh, Dalvin Cook was out there. But the thing that's going against Nick Chubb is what we've said all along, is this injury was the worst thing that could possibly happen for him. Uh, true. But I'm just saying, like, Dalvin Cook, like, I would have put him up there with Nick Chubb in terms of, like, talent and and pace in their career. Like, And he went to New York and couldn't find his way in the field. Just shut your mouth. We're going to take a quick revenue break, and then we're going to get back here and go take a trip around. I just feel bad for NFL, NFL running backs in general. Yeah, I do too. We all do. Especially Nick Chubb, because he's my dog. I love you, Nick Chubb. <laughs> <laughs> Towpath Distillery. Towpath Distillery, an award-winning craft distillery located in Akron, Ohio. Towpath Distillery focuses on high-quality spirits carefully made in small batches. Towpath's lineup includes an ultra-smooth, award-winning premium vodka, a small-batch silver rum made from the highest-grade molasses, an American craft gin made with nine botanicals and a blended straight bourbon made from corn and rye. Towpath Distillery, now available locally and in 46 states. Visit towpath-distillery.com to place your order online or find an OHLQ retailer near you. Towpath Distillery, handcrafted, award-winning, small batch, local, and family-owned. All right, let's take a quick trip around the NFL. 
I watched the uh, new Mummy movie today. Terrible. When I was eating lunch. Terrible. Um, didn't like even follow anywhere near the same storyline as like the original Brendan Fraser. No, you heard what happened with that, didn't you? No. Tom Cruise, when he signed on, he like took the whole project over. He was like, I'm going to write this movie. Weird. <laughs> that makes sense because like the demon god was like in love with him. Tom Cruise took over the whole thing. Yeah. They said, uh, we're going to bring Tom Cruise on. He said, one condition. This is my story now. <laughs> <laughs> there was something oddly sexually gratifying about that mummy. That's weird. Um, <laughs> no, it was supposed to start, it was supposed to be the kickoff to the, the big, uh, uh, monster multiverse or whatever, uh, with like the mummy and like Godzilla and like all these things were supposed to like join in the same multiverse. Uh, um, Tom Cruise, good Tom defeat them all. Tom Cruise ruined it. Oh, <laughs> like that movie tanked so bad. They were like, yeah, we're not going to do this. But like all the classic monster movies, like the thing, like all that, like, uh, or Swamp Thing or whatever that, like, all those movies were supposed to come back and it was supposed to be this big monster multiverse. Why does everything have to be in a multiverse now? Because Marvel did it so well that everybody's like, we got to do it. It's not done well when I can't watch Ant Man without having fear of not seeing the first 15 movies before Ant Man. Listen, if you pull like 500 people, you'd be one of like 30 that say that it's not done well. Have you seen all these Marvel movies? Like all of them in order, or all the of them? the majority, I guess. I don't. I I stop following. I, I don't enjoy them anymore. It's too like it's too much, isn't it? Like yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I loved like, them, and I I actually still keep up with them. But I loved them, and I say now that it's starting to be too much. Like but Harry Potter, that's not what most people think. It's kind of like as long as like I can follow a story through movies, <laughs> like, sure. was through like, eight eight movies. Was like, I was like, that's a lot. Um, and it took me a while to get up to like the courage and the like to like, all right, like we're gonna watch all these movies because it's just such a huge time commitment you gotta like be like every okay, every night for the next two weeks we're gonna watch a movie yeah <laughs> yeah um but this two multiverse weeks. stuff man two it's, weeks it's like i just can't there's like 30 movies man i i've given up on it and what really pissed <laughs> me off is i really am a big fan this of is the, a good trip around the nfl <laughs> I, well, i'm sorry i hijacked your segment for a second to do some good podcasting Ugh. um what really pissed me off is I'm a huge fan of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like the first one, like one of my favorite. Oh, God. Didn't we already tell one this my, story? <laughs> no, we didn't. I I just bothered you with it all night long. Oh yeah, that's well, true. one of my favorite. Like just the, <laughs> we we texted about this for like four hours the one night. Like the music and the and the 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 act of the ensemble cast. Like, I can't stop so, this feeling. So good. Guardians two was like it was it was almost as good as one, but like I still enjoyed it. And like I've been waiting for I don't know five years for Guardians Long to time. come out, yeah. And it like turns out like uh, all the stuff like something happened in a previous Marvel. Everything movie. that happened ah, in Guardians of Galaxy like one out. and two was all included in everything else, and it's a completely new storyline. Totally, I'm like, huh. some of my favorite characters are gone. Like their storylines are gone. Their, their, their total character arc is gone because they were uh, yeah. blown up by Thanos, I guess. Um, <laughs> but like. I'm like, that even, like because I didn't see Endgame. Well, and then it, then I go down the rabbit hole because you're like, well, I didn't see that. Well, because but I, you can't just watch that. You got to well, go back and thing. watch this other I stuff. I was like, can I just watch Endgame and see what happened to like my favorite characters? And Ronnie was like, no, because you won't really understand <laughs> what happened. So I'm like, so, so then I'm like googling how many of these do, and there's like 19 yeah, of them. A lot. 
stretching back to like Captain America that happened in like 1940 and the TV shows I have to like I can't even watch the movies as they were released chronologically because they weren't even released chronologically it's like this movie was released in 2008 but the second movie in the series was actually released in 2011 and then the third movie in the series was actually released in 2009 and I'm like how do you even what do you even I don't want to live in this multiverse and then there's like 10 Spider-Men running around yeah like no 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 there's only three Spider-Men, and they brought him in from the... That was part of the multiverse. That was a one-time off. There's only one Spider-Man that's in the MCU like that's actually there to stay. Oh, so, so Toby's Spider-Verse doesn't matter? No, it's part of... He went back into the multiverse after everything was sealed up. He's gone again. What does that even mean? Yeah, he's gone. But he was there. The the one that the, that is important, like the main MCU, is well, like Earth 987 or whatever. Toby f- was my Spider-Man. He wasn't. He's not part of the MCU. He's part of Sony. He was in it though. Yeah, he was in that one. They brought him in for one movie. Yeah. Why? You can't just choose him and be like, "This is the spider I'm rolling with." <laughs> That's my Spider-Man, man. Like that was that was Spider-Man I grew up. I like with. how. So you're. We finally got to the crux of this whole thing. Is you're pissed that you can't choose which Spider-Man you want? No, I'm pissed that they ruined Guardians of the Galaxy three for me that I waited for for five years because half my characters got killed in a snap. Sorry about it. And like that, the only thing I even know about that is like what I've seen in memes. I've never seen any of these movies with Thanos and all this bullshit. All I know is like there's memes of him like snapping the world into two. And he's like, he killed half the population. Why don't, why don't you watch the movies? Because there's 20 of them. Quit being such a bitch. And some of them are like Ant Man. I have no interest in watching Ant Man. Why is that good? The Paul Rudd is Ant Man. Why is Ant Man even a character? I don't know why you're being such a little bitch about this. I'm just saying, I hate the multiverse. Why does everything have to be a multiverse? Why does Godzilla have to be in a multiverse now? He's, he's not. It tanked. Thank God for Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes... He ruined the mummy, but he I, saved us from a multiverse. I might convert to Scientology now. Save me, Tom Cruise. <laughs> Save me, Tom Cruise. He's done it. Save me, Oprah Winfrey. All right, so let's get into this trip around the NFL. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs have not had a single holding call against them in their last three Super Bowl appearances. Um... How do you make sure a team wins a game? You don't call holding on them. You don't call any penalties uh, on them. Here's the crazy part about that. This past season, during the regular season, they had the most holding calls in the entire NFL. They led the league in holding calls in the regular season and didn't have a single holding call in the Super Bowl. The crazy thing is that we can all agree, right, if you watch any single play in the NFL. There's holding on every and play. You've, yeah. And you just zoom holding in on, on, on one of the five guys You mean line. tell me the refs couldn't just pick one time and be like, there's, right there, I saw it. <laughs> well, San Fran's defense isn't that good, so that's probably why. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, they don't have yeah. pass rushers or anything. <laughs> yeah, they, they, their defensive ends are ass. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, they weren't they weren't violently tormenting their quarterback all night. Nope. Um, that, that, is, that is almost like uh, all the stuff about a script is pretty light. This is the most concrete evidence I've seen for the NFL fixing a game. This is it. Yeah. If you don't call penalties on them, you don't call the single most called penalty in the game on them ever in the Super Bowl. I think this just goes in a long, long string of bad calls at really opportune times for three Super Bowls. Not a single holding call? No, I'm, you're not letting me finish. I'm agreeing with you. Calm down there, buddy. <laughs> Slow down, speed racer. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. This is evidence that there's a script. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that this is this adds to a long you said this is the best evidence. This I'm is the saying, most concrete evidence. I'm saying not just necessarily the fact that they haven't had any holding calls. I'm saying the ref what the refs do week in and week out in general. Like we just continue to see the refs blow calls in like the biggest sure. moments of games. Every single week throughout the season, throughout the postseason, and well, that's what I mean. Nobody right? like, like everybody talks about it, but but the nobody really addresses it. I think it's a matter of like that when you say script, people think like both teams are in on it, and I don't like, even no. think that both teams are in on it. But I think the NFL does what it can to pick winners and losers based on officiating crews. There was an ex NFL player that came out this week. I don't know if you saw this news. I just remembered it. Um, I gotta I gotta pull it up real quick. Uh, he talked about he was just like yep there's there's a script like it's Ooh, I, I i saw that same thing and i can't remember who it was it was somebody that was kind of like uh, during the latest episode of the podcast macro dosing ex houston texans and miami dolphins running back arian uh that was for, yeah arian Fo- that was last year but arian foster went on the record to say that players receive scripts during training camp and that that lay out the season ahead because the NFL is well rigged. Um, there was another one. There was another one it. recently. That was last year. Cause that was crazy. That's crazy. It literally just came out this week and now I'm that, pissed that I can't find it. I guess there's a lot of money in it, but to not to have, not having somebody back them up on that though. is kind of, well, that's what, like, I don't think that it's, it's like a script where both teams know, like, like, okay, Patrick, you're going to get sacked here. Like, I think they play the game. I just think, the NFL. Aaron Foster was joking, anyways. But when it has yeah. when it's a, when it has the ability to benefit itself, would make calls. I mean, what's bigger than Taylor Swift winning the Super Bowl for them this year? Sure. I mean, if another team had made it, sure they would have made calls to favor whoever probably wins the most money for them. Then, um, just it. There's just so much cloak and dagger, and the fact that they're classified as uh, an entertainment venue, not a sporting, which is just odd event anymore. Like why? Why they are the world, only other the only other they one are that does WWE that is WWE. They're sports entertainment. Huh. Yeah, they're technically a sports entertainment. They're not a sport. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll we'll figure that out. We'll we'll bring that up later. But uh, whoever that player was, we'll, I'll find that and, and talk about it next week. But speaking of the script, uh, the logo logo for Super Bowl Fifty Nine has been revealed. What are the colors, guys? Oh, there's like there's some red and uh, some purple, lots of purple. There's some yellow. <laughs> there's some yellow and there is some orange in the lettering for the for the Roman numerals. Back, I was actually asking you guys back, uh, back to New Orleans this year. It yeah. is back to New Orleans, um, and the official colors it's it's like a reddish color. Uh, Bone, I think that's a stretch to say there's orange in there. I mean, I don't know. Look closely. <laughs> Between, uh, apparently, some between, girl made it out of beads. There's some orange the, beads in there. Between the red and the yellow. Uh, that's a stretch. There's uh, like a neon green, so that could point to the Seahawks. Uh, it could only point to the Seahawks. Yeah. Lots of purple. I mean, is that that's pretty much just Minnesota, right? Ravens. Ravens, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's... Is that Ravens, pur- Ravens, I don't really Seahawks. see purple. Are you seeing purple? I'm seeing... No, it's the background. Your your picture just has white. The background of it is purple. The whole thing's purple. At least the Instagram picture Oh, well, the I conspiracy saw. is just just like... Is it just the letters? Just the just the logo. Not uh, necessarily okay. what background they put it on. Well, so this we'll is see who makes logo. a Super Bowl next year, and then yeah. we'll see what... what yeah, so we, we, got like, we got like reds in there. We got a neon green. Um, maybe if you're stretching, you could say orange. I mean, I feel like the that is a coincidence, the Super Bowl colors thing. Like, if the NFL is going through that much trouble... 
to, to like predetermine the winners <laughs> we and got losers a script, guys. based on that. Like, um, you know, I just, I don't know. I, the, the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs had zero holding calls through three Super Bowls. <laughs> Who cares about the logo? They had no holding calls. It's, it's, it's like the oldest adage in the game that there's holding on every single play. It's true. There is. Uh, 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 Will we ever know if you, there truly is a script? Like if, what, what, when that news finally breaks that there's an actual script in the NFL, imagine the people that will lose their minds. When, and again, I don't think it's necessarily a script. I think it's the NFL looks at an individual game and it's says, a script like the, can I affect the outcome of this game? And could I put a team in a position to be at an advantage? I, I think the biggest evidence is actually the fact that they finally got into bed with all these betting organizations. Um, and around the same time, I believe, is when they switched to a sports entertainment yeah, industry. Agreed. Um, and so, to your point, through this, they're able to fix games by saying, refs, we need you to call this or this to keep the game going in the right direction. Right. Basically, keep one team from winning or losing or keeping spreads at certain places or whatever the case may be. They have the the power to affect the game and affect the betting line uh, one way or another. So, and here's the dirty part that no one wants to talk about. I don't know if this gets us canceled or not, but are we gonna get we're, <laughs> cancel alert? <laughs> but cancel like, alert! Everybody goes. You can't get one person to keep a secret. Like, how would you get an entire officiating crew? Like, first off, these guys are paid really well for part time work. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people in this country that said. This is a no questions asked job. Do you want it? You get two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year to work eight days a year, and yep. like, I don't. There are no questions asked, and if you ask a question, it's not you're fired. It's you're disappeared. Like no one will ever hear from you again. Yeah, they for, people. They, people forget that the NFL is a multi billion billion dollar organization in bed with like the biggest billionaires in the country and around the world. Yeah, like if if you wanted to get rid of a bad apple and just. I mean, Jesus! Look what they did to Jeffrey Epstein. Look what they did to. Look what they did. If to, the Clintons can unalive you, <laughs> look, what they, look what they did to. I think um, it was Prince Andrew to McAfee. They disappeared these guys right out of jail. I mean, yeah. out of high security prisons, and they just yeah. were never seen again. Yeah. I mean, if they wanted to, they, like, and when I, you own the media, they won't ask questions. Well, so I'm, like, I'm not saying like the NFL is going around killing all kinds of people. I'm just saying like if you got if you had one bad apple, it wouldn't be a stretch to be like. If there was anybody that could make you disappear in this world, it's probably the most powerful sporting even if they organization that has the most money and the yeah, most connections. Even if worldwide. they don't make you disappear, they could definitely be like, we're just going to paint this guy as absolutely insane and nobody's going to believe him. I'm, that's not even worth the trouble. It'd be cheaper to disappear him. That's true. You're not wrong. <laughs> Bone, your job is to find out if any ex-NFL refs have ever spoken <laughs> out and died. Disappeared? Yeah. Um I couldn't find that story just now when I was looking for it of that ex NFL player that said something. So just to, got Brock Lesnar. Yeah, <laughs> erased him from history. Erased from history. Um, and then finally, are we still talking about football? Yeah. <laughs> finally, and around the NFL, uh, terrifying turn of events at the Kansas City Chiefs Championship Parade. Uh, the, as shots broke out. Um, there was multiple shots fired. Uh, it looks like the incident was between two juveniles. It may have started with an argument uh, or feud of some sort, but it escalated. Multiple shots fired, like I said. Uh, they're still trying to get to the bottom of what exactly happened, but unfortunately one person did die, um, the DJ for the actual event for the, for the parade, and uh, at least 22 others were injured, including young teens and children. 
Uh, the victims were between the ages of eight and 47, half of them under the age of 16. Yeah. Um, so just a, a super uh, unfortunate and terrible, terrible thing that happened. Um, well, I think what's unfortunate is this This was several days ago now, and we're still in a position where we, we really don't have a lot, of, in, a lot of information, yeah. right? We don't have They're asking for um, videos motive. from the public. We don't know if this was something that was actually intended to go off at the event, whether this was you know gang violence with collateral damage, um, whether it was some other you know senseless gun violence. Like we, we don't really have any clue yet. It sounds like probably both the people they have in, in detention right now aren't talking because you mentioned like they're very proactively looking for um, video footage from anybody that had it that day, which is, it's hard to believe like with the amount of cops on the street wearing body cams and the amount of media there, um, and just cameras on everything, yeah. you know, it's like, this this wasn't like, like when nine eleven happened, there wasn't like cell phones every like it's cameras everywhere and like cameras all over the place. Like this was a, a huge media event where there's dozens of media outlets there, cameras everywhere. It's almost amazing that there, there isn't, just existing footage of exactly what happened, but uh, but to digress, like they're they're actively proactively looking for um, those things to try and put the pieces together here. Uh, very sad. Um, like he's again half of the victims under the age of sixteen. I mean, you just don't expect to go to um, just taking your kids to the parade. Go to the parade. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember awesome. going downtown for the the Cavaliers parade and there was a shooting that day at the end of the parade it was the top of one of the hours uh, like one the, of the uh, parking garages wasn't it yeah it was like a couple hours like an hour or so like maybe after the event people were kind of walking back but still all over the city like having a good time and we heard the gunshots ring out and it was incredibly scary at the time we didn't know what happened and it was something that was totally not affiliated with the event or anything it was it's some you know i don't gang related thing or an argument that got out of hand um but still, I mean, I remember being downtown with a, a good friend, and like you hear gunshots, and you're like, like where do you even go? Um, so to have this, where there was clearly bullets flying everywhere um, for a short period of time, I mean, that's absolutely terrifying, especially if you're there with your kids. Yeah. So just a, a super, <clears throat> uh, just just all around sad thing that happened uh, in what was supposed to be a celebratory event. For the entire city, uh, for it to turn like this is just uh, just awful. Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I do know there was like some bad PR after this too, with um, some of the players like taking selfies with cops. Like right after this happened, um, they were like downtown because it was still a celebration, right? Um, and a number of players were at a bar like shortly thereafter downtown, taking pictures, partying. Still, I feel like at that point, just um, like I don't know. It was, just, you know, it's just, again, it's just bad, bad optics on the whole thing, but um, just an unfortunate event all the way around. Yep. Um, and and with that, that will actually conclude our trip around the NFL. Oh man, uh, have you heard from Hanford? I have not heard from Hanford Dixon. I want to get Hanford Dixon on the show. He's our last uh, alumni to interview. Oh! Again. Again with the horn. Got you again. What is that, Kenny? I know what that is. That is the official signal to remind you that the Cleveland Browns fan cruise is just 
18 days away. No. In 18 days, we will set sail from the Port of Miami to the beautiful Caribbean islands of the Bahamas and Jamaica. And we will do that with... (laughs) A bunch of ex-Browns players. <laughs> we will. And a that's, bunch of Browns fans. That's right. March 11th, we <laughs> set sail for five unforgettable days at sea with 16 Cleveland Browns alumni. Uh, if you're not coming with us, sorry you missed out. Maybe maybe if you're lucky, they'll have another one. I'm definitely leg wrestling Dave Zastadil. Oh, it, he's going down. <laughs> it's over for him. Uh, what are you? What, seriously, though, what are you looking forward to on the fan cruise? Are we doing the whole? Are we doing this is a segment now for talking about the? Just just real quick, we're just gonna name one thing that we. Oh, um, cut this part out. No, I don't cut anything out. Uh, I know you're the worst. Our show's podcast show. is terrible. This, is, this this podcast is terrible. This was the worst one we've done. Um, out of all the shows we've done, this one has been the worst. Um, the fan cruise it is coming up, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know what I'm looking forward to? What are you looking forward to, Bum? Not cooking and cleaning for like a week. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm not going to lie. You, uh, you do a lot of cooking and cleaning at home? Yeah. I don't do a lot of cooking, I'll be honest. I should do more to help my wife out, but um, I do a lot of cleaning. Nice. Was, a lot yeah, of cleaning. That's helpful. It's funny you say that. I was just thinking like this weekend, um, like, you know, babies are great. Everybody loves babies. But like, just always there, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just always crying or needs. Well, I know you. Like, you're not a big baby fan anyway, so <laughs> you're going to be so excited to be gone and not have a baby for a week. That's what I mean. Like, I don't mean it to be like I don't like my baby. Like, I love my kid, but like, I think by the end of this, I'm going to be like, right now they're just he's so I just, little. I think by the end of this thing, I'm going to be like, I just want to see my daughter. Yeah, like I'll miss him for the week. Oh, like, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. But, Try and save face now. We all know but, that you're like, Haha. but I'll also sleep like really well. With your sleep apnea machine. Yeah. I'm not even sure if I'm going to bring it, actually. I haven't been using it the last couple of days. Don't you go dying on me. <laughs> <laughs> Once you're out there, you're out there. Yeah. Uh, here's it's... some things I'm looking forward to. Okay. Um, the Bahamas is my favorite place in the world. Um, it's beautiful there. The, the, just the water. Like, I just, I can't express how much, like, how cool that is to, like, you're on the shore and it's just the most beautiful, like, turquoise blue color you've ever seen. And then you get in it, and it's just, it's like bath water. It's just absolutely clear. It's warm. It's beautiful. It's like just taking a bubble bath, but you're in the ocean. It sounds nice. Um, yeah, I'm excited. It's incredible. And um, and Jamaica's, depending on where you are, is kind of the same way. Jamaica tends to be, like, a little sandier. Um, the water's not nearly as clear. But um, it's like a rainforest. I mean, everything around you is like rainforest. Beautiful. Uh, so, so you just the, want to be there. The destinations, like I'm just yeah. looking forward to the sun and the destinations. I'm also looking forward to um, just being able to order an unending amount of food. Oh yeah, I, we're, we're listen, Bo. I don't know if you've ever went out to eat with Kenny, <laughs> at least in the last like ten years. Um, the fact that he's got no cap here. And he can just order whatever the hell he wants. Oh, yeah. like, Our literal entire table. For just about every meal, it's going to be completely covered in food. Whatever I can get. He might like, actually tell them, I want every we, appetizer on the menu. When we, when Christine and I go to Sandals, I do that. I'm like, I would like the soup, the salad. I would like the mozzarella sticks. I would like the chicken wings. Oh, and this crab dip sounds delicious. Give me all of this. Like, those are just my appetizers. You, you, make, did, you just make your own sampler. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. You, don't, you, you, don't, you don't get the physique that Kenny's rocking without That's, trying everything. It's hard freaking work. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, dad bods are yeah, us. I'm, I'm just... I'm going to be so annoyed because I'm not even going to have room to eat my own food because we're going to be accommodating Kenny. You'll be eating food. my food. Kenny will have his own table every night. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is with those places like that that do like all-inclusives or like menu ordering like that is they generally give you like smaller portions. So that's just another reason to keep ordering more. Um, but like it's the, also a reason why you order everything. You're like the dude from Mr. Deeds where he's like... I like feet. No, no, no. That I'm very, very sneaky. <laughs> no, the other sneaky, one where he says, he's, he's like, where else can you go where the bigger you are, the cooler you are? <laughs> That's you. You're like, you just have all the food on the table. Your wife's feeding you. Just. <laughs> I mean, you. that sounds like a vacation. See, um, I try to tell you. So those things, and obviously getting to hang out with all the Browns alumni is going to be a ton of fun. So it's just, it's just such a unique event to be able to have like these beautiful destinations, the food, all like the inclusivity of the package. But then like also you're just hanging out with ex-Browns players all day. You notice, uh, I noticed what you didn't say. It's me and you, Bone. He doesn't, he doesn't want to hang out with us. <laughs> well, he's making new friends. It's a work trip, you know, like. Oh, you don't like us. I get it. I'm just saying, it's, it's, like, it's, it's not like the, like. You know what I'm excited for? It's not like we're just going to get together and do shots all day. Like, all we night. might. We have, we have <laughs> jobs to do on the boat. Yeah, for, yeah, okay. Uh, anyways, you know what I'm excited for? Uh, foot rub, Korean massage. I actually might. Uh, go get a massage. There's a there's a, uh, a spa on board in the Bahamas. Uh, I thought there was one on board the ship. Happy ending? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> That's not happening. I was just talking about like an actual massage on board. Like, yes, a, there's an actual spa. I've never like, had like a legit massage. Never so. had an actual happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> or that. Uh, so I was just like, that'd be cool to get a massage. I'm on vacation. I'm a huge fan of massages. Yeah. So just like rub my sweaty. Face. Are we all gonna go put like the stones on our eyes and get massages together? I love a pedicure with the stones. Hell yes. the stones on the legs. Bone you in. I'm I'm worth I'm down trying that. Yeah. The 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 burning never, never spa a, day. A let's just spa get day the, let's just do like let's look like the romance package and just have them bring the beds into our, our rooms. <laughs> all three of us just fuck <laughs> naked. Leave getting, the door open getting, so fans can walk by and getting see. Rubbed though, down. Like, yeah. This is the burning river massage parlor. This is the burning river rub down. <laughs> um, no, uh, seriously though, the, the what I'm excited for the most of this is really stupid, but it's true. Is seeing the cruise ship. <laughs> I've never actually like like not like seeing it from like across the water like seeing it like next to it. That's fair. because I've never been on a cruise and so I've never been that close like where I'm boarding a cruise ship but I get to actually take in just how massive this ship massive that I'm getting on. Do is. like the uh, Leonardo DiCaprio Titanic wave like bye yeah. all you people out there <laughs> yeah. peasants get up tickets. to the front I'm the king of the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're actually onto something there. That's because I've seen cruise ships but like. Like I saw cruise ships the last time I was in the Bahamas, but they were across the ocean. Yeah, like I drove, I drove. The, like, wow, that's really cool. The highway that connects, like, like you know, like Miami, like Miami, Miami to, to like the rest of yeah. Florida. Um, I drove over that bridge, and you see all the cruise ships lined up, but you're like a mile away. Yeah. Like you I've don't never actually like at these, least have a mile. These I don't ships know how how close you are, are but you're massive. It, yeah, I mean, Real you big. look at like. You think everybody thinks like the Titanic and like that was a big ship, but like these, these things like dwarf that two and three times the size of like the Titanic. Like two and three, huge, huge ships. They're they're, they're really big. They're really big. <laughs> yeah, so I'm excited about that. Bone, what are you most excited for? Uh, probably seeing the Caribbean, getting swimming in the water in the ocean, crystal clear. Maybe doing a little snorkeling. Something if, like that. If, I don't know. if it's available, I don't know if we're going there, but don't snorkel with the pigs. It could be f- dangerous. 
pigs. <laughs> is it dangerous to snorkel with the pigs? Oh, because it's sharks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, guys, I just completely made all this up. <laughs> Are there like wild pigs I, swimming in the I, ocean? They do. I but have seen videos of Pig Island with some of the pigs being a little aggressive, but generally they're pretty like. I had this whole story and I couldn't go through with it with, a, with a straight docile. face. It was, it, was, it was kind of uh, like piranha esque. It was like they bite you and then a little bit of blood and then the shark's coming. <laughs> but I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Um, the good news is if there is a shark, you will see it. Before it eats you, uh, you will see it. Yeah. There's nothing better than seeing sharks in the ocean as long as they don't eat you. That's true. Yeah. Um, the good news is if there is a shark in the ocean, there's three of us. So you only have to outswim one of us. True. And I'm definitely swimming faster than you. I'm pretty buoyant. <laughs> That's true. They, they just think you're a bobber. They'll just leave you alone. They're like, oh, it's just the buoy. Like telling, would... telling the swimmers where they can't go. I'm a much better swimmer Just now. wear red swim trunks, and then they'll have no idea. I'm going to wear my Bird River Sportscast swim trunks. But oh, hell yes. Very much. Yeah. Um, I'm a much better swimmer now that I'm bigger. When I was in shape and muscly, like, I just sunk like you a sink. rock. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't feel good. But you're going to sink right into the Jaws' mouth. Guys, I just uh, got my body fat done for my health insurance. Is it 800%? No. It was real. It was, it was a lot lower than I thought it was. It was under 21%. Loser. And I got to not have to do all the crazy things for my health insurance to be able to get a discount. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, yeah. big day for me. Big day. Um, anyways, I don't know why we're still talking about this. Because um, it's the fan cruise. Before we get going here, let me remind you to call the Burning Rivers Boys don't forget to call and leave your hot takes on the hot take outline. Remember, these are hot takes. We want hot takes. We want hot takes. We want hot takes. We want hot takes. 330 Call now. Operators are not standing by. Be sure to check out our gear. www.thetabinmedia.com backslash shop. And that'll do it for us. Kenny, what can we expect Next week, Next sir. week, we'll be one week closer to the Browns fan cruise, and we will be providing you weekly entertainment. I guess you could call it that after this show that was very poorly crafted and not very well executed. Uh, we will be... I take that personally. Uh, <laughs> look, I'm on the execution side. I sucked too today. This was just not an exciting show. <laughs> I blame a lot of it on the fact that the, there's just very little Browns content. The week after the Super Bowl is usually pretty quiet. Um you know what's funny is like we took our break, our hiatus last year, right after the Super Bowl, and there was a crap ton of everything news happened for right after the Super Bowl. And I don't think it was the week we after felt, though; it was like right after that. We felt guilty about it because we were like, we should be reporting on this, and there was so much news those couple of weeks. Anyway, laid an egg this year in the NFL. Absolutely laid an egg. So uh, we're actually we'll be closer. I think the combine starts either next week or the following week after. Yep. So like in the yep. next ten days, the so we'll be closer and hopefully have some other things to talk about. Um, and uh, we'll continue, like I said, dropping shows um, up until the cruise, and then right after the cruise, we'll have a right after the hiatus. Cruise, we'll do, yeah, quick hiatus, do some playing. Probably about for, a month off, and then we'll come next back year, and then uh, yeah, then we'll be back. But anyways, we will cover any Browns news that comes up, uh, as well as any other notable NFL news. And don't forget to check us out on social me- social media. Uh, Tabin Media is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Tabin Media and Burning Over Sports Cats. That's this. this podcast is on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Burning Over Sports Craft. Sports Craft. Sports Craft. Did you invent a Sports new Craft. show? Am I not a part of it? <laughs> You're out. Damn. Uh, I've been excommunicated from my own Anyways, podcast. Burning Over Sports Cats. That's this, this podcast. podcast is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 
uh, and TikTok. Burning <laughs> Horse Sportscraft. One more time. Burning Horse Sportscast. That's this podcast. is on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Burning River Sportscast. And X at Burning River Pod. Uh, and you can find our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm talking Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Podcast Castro, Good Pods, Amazon Music, and so many more. And you know that takes us to Kenny. Yeah, so it's facts for days. Is it where we, facts for days? Um, hopefully, this will be like the one maybe entertaining piece of the show. Facts for, for days. Facts for days. Let's go. Number one. Are you guys familiar with anagrams? Oh yeah, anagrams. Yeah, I'm not familiar. Like. Um, like um, forward and backward race car. No, that's a palindrome. Palindrome. Anag- uh, anag- anagrams would be like making words out of an existing word. Like okay, go on. Like claim would be like you could make like mate out of it. Like okay, yeah, I got you. Anyways, Albert Einstein is an anagram for ten elite brains. <laughs> Great. What does that do for anybody? You can make 10 elite brains out of Albert Einstein's name. That's incredible. Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just rearranging the letters to, to make another word. To make other words, yeah. Okay. Uh. But in this case, the words that you could make are 10 elite brains. He was smart. <laughs> I just watched Oppenheimer, and he was in it. It was, it was really. Oh, good. I can't wait to watch that, but it's so long. It's so long was it? Was it worth the watch? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It was great. Killian Murphy it's on Peacock for is, free. Is, if you have Peacock, uh, Killian Murphy is good as advertised. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's he, he was, he's he's a great good. actor. I know you like Killian Murphy. We we both watched uh, Peaky Blinders. I hate good. Peacock. Well, Peacock sucks. Especially because it's freaking Peacock. Like, what do you mean you just made your own uh, streaming service? What pisses me off about Peacock is the fact that I have I pay cable. I pay a lot for cable, and I have and you have their channel, but they still yeah. But I gotta pay. Like at least like like I can watch AMC shows because I have cables. I can watch like the AMC streaming services. Like, yeah, I hate it. Yeah, Peacock sucks butthole. <laughs> Facts for days number two. <laughs> The team was not super impressed with the Albert Einstein and the girl. <laughs> <laughs> number, number two. <laughs> Forrest Gump, one of my favorite movies. Oh, it's a good movie. Uh, in the Vietnam protest rally scene in Forrest Gump, where Tom Hanks' mic is cut, uh, does anyone know what he actually says? I've heard this before, but I don't remember it, so no. I didn't know there was a real uh, a real thing. Yeah, so because he was, he was mouthing word, you know, through okay. the whole thing. He says... If you turn it up real loud, you can actually hear him, I think, but... Sometimes... When people go to Vietnam, they go home to their mamas without any legs. And sometimes they don't go home at all. And that's a bad thing. And the mic cuts back on. He says, that's all I have to say about that. Ah. <laughs> it's a good thing they cut it out. Yeah. So in case you were wondering what Tom Hanks said in that crucial moment when they were fiddling with the soundboard. That would never happen at the Bangor Sports Guys because we have a bone man guarding our soundboard. Yeah, way to go, bone Nobody's man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me. Our unsung hero. And the most mind-blowing fact of the mall, i say for number three. Let me hear it. Does it have to do with blue whales? Uh, cruise liners. <laughs> oh, okay. Those are also big. <laughs> so big. Uh, in 1911, a woman named Violet Jessup. Jessup. Okay. Was on board as a stewardess 
the RMS Olympic. Okay. Collided with a British warship doing a ton of damage. Um, was able to return to port with no fatalities. No futilities. No futilities. <laughs> no fatalities. But pretty much destroyed both ships uh, for years till they fixed them and got them back and running again. Okay. She was transferred in April of 1912. Oh, no. Steward, the RMS Titanic. Good Lord. We know how that one worked out. Bad. Fortunately, she was able to escape on lifeboat 16. And as she was being lowered down, an officer on board handed her a baby. Uh, a couple days later, on board the Carpathia uh, that rescued the survivors of the Titanic, um, some woman came and took the baby. Um, she's assumed it was the mom because, like, who takes a baby? Um, yeah, I mean, and uh, kind of sick fuck takes a baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then, uh, go down the road a few years longer. Uh, during World War One. Violet went to work for the British Red Cross, and in November of 1916, she found herself on board the younger sister ship of the Titanic and the Olympic, the HMHS Britannic, which sank after detonating a German naval mine. (laughs) As the bow dipped and the propellers became exposed, they began shredding lifeboats, of which she had to dive out of to avoid being shredded herself. Wow. This woman was on three separate of the most famous- I will never sail with this lady ever. <laughs> so she survived? She survived all three of like the most famous cruise ship wow. wrecks of all time. What? <laughs> all within sight of like a five-year period. Or maybe you should sail with her because you're guaranteed to survive. I wrote bottom line, if you survive one boat sinking, don't attempt fate. <laughs> <laughs> This was, this might be, you might have done it. This might be the craziest story you've told on I mean, What's her days. name again? Violet Jessup. Violet, Violet yes. Jessup. Write and, that down. And she went back again to work for White Star Lines. Did it sink? Uh, she didn't sink anymore, but she went back and finished her career there for the next 30 years. She worked at White Star Lines as a stewardess on board, uh, retired in 1950, and lived to be like 85 years old and died of congestive heart failure. But, wow. like, survived three of the most, like... She was waiting for an absolution. <laughs> she was waiting for an absolution. <laughs> they would never come. <laughs> Don't just be a part of the problem. Be the whole damn problem. And only you can prevent river fires. Burning River Sportscast. Burning River Sportscast. Burning River Sportscraft. <laughs> Where the fuck did that come from? Out of all the shows we've ever done, this one was the worst. <laughs> it wasn't good, but it was tight. It was the most recent. It was the most recent. <laughs> uh, we'll be better next week, we promise. I can't believe you guys didn't like the integrator. I think I'm just so... Ten Elite Brains. That wasn't very Ten good. Ten Elite Brains. Zach didn't get it for a while. I did. It took me a minute. <laughs> no, uh, listen. Uh, it was the week after the Super Bowl, man. It's literally like nothing was happening in the football world. Just hard to get going. We had to set up. It's it's like uh, the MCU. The first few movies aren't oh, very God. good. Are we talk about the multiverse yeah. again. <laughs> the first few movies weren't very good, but they had to set up the rest of the movies. You know what the best multiverse was? What Armageddon? Because there was only one movie. No, you know what the best? You know what the best <laughs> series of movies of all times is? The Hunger Games. The Hunger Games. No. This week is Hunger Games weekend on AMC. That's very good, Ooh, but it's not the, the best. The I best series. You of know movies? what the best trilogy of all time is? Um, Lord of the Rings. Yes. I really like Hunger Games. I like Lord of the Rings. Would but you I like, like to Hunger die Games. now? <laughs> Have you read the Hunger Games books? 
No, I probably should. They're easy reads. They're, Have you read Lord of the good. Rings? No, but I've listened to them. You need to read them. Lord of the Rings. But I've listened, so I've, I've basically best, read them. It's the best saga of all time. Best story start to finish of all time. I agree that it's a very good story. I just There's something about like the dystopian big government future. Are you future. Billy Madison right now? Are you literally Billy Madison me right now? I disagree. While that is a very good story. <laughs> Mortal Kombat is a very good story. <laughs> Donkey <thing>. Kong sucks. <laughs> Donkey Kong sucks. Uh... I, look, I'm just I'm just a big Hunger Games fan. I like Hunger look, Games a lot. Who's 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 the prettiest girl in the Lord of the Rings trilogy? Like an elf? Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't do it for me. Like there's lots of pretty girls in Hunger Games. Oh, it's the human it's the human blonde in the second movie. I forget her name. The one that likes PETA? That takes her. No, take- he's talking about Lord of the Rings. Right? Yeah, Lord of the Rings, yeah. Oh, you're talking about uh 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 Eowyn. Maybe. Isn't she, an, isn't she Eowyn an elf? Eowyn is the main elf. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not the elf. <laughs> no, I know who you're talking about. It's not about. Steven Tyler's daughter. There's, there's, uh... <laughs> no, really it's not, not her. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> oh my about. god, it looks just like Steven Tyler. All right. Yeah. Uh, the one from, the one from Rohan, the, the, the lives yeah. with all the horse people. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I can't forget her, I, can't, I forget her name off the top of my head. There's just none of eye candy in that. It's time for a reread. I reread Lord of the Rings every few years because it's just so good. Now, nice. I'll give you that Tolkien probably is a better storyteller than, um... What's her Susan face? Susan Collins or yeah, whatever Collins. Hunger Games. I mean Suzanne Tolkien, Collins. Too, Tolkien's classic, but I just and for the movies. Tolkien's the greatest storyteller of all time. I really enjoy the Hunger Games movies. I mean, what better concept? We're just gonna have kids just right. <laughs> killing each other. Battle it out to the <laughs> yep. death. Ah, uh, that's what you Kenny lives <laughs> for that shit, man. Man, what what better way? Well, just, but, to, uh, but it's like what better gift hands, to get a loved one than a movie? Of they don't discriminate. You can be a nine-year-old thrown in there. <laughs> yeah. right. Like at the hands of an oppressive government. I volunteer as tribute. They, they wouldn't even let us play football if we get shit if we weighed over 130 pounds. It's like, no, you're going up to varsity. You're, you exceed the weight limit. <laughs> you have to go kill a 17-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> Good God. Oh, so kiss me and smile for me. Tell me that you'll wait for me. Hold me like you'll never let me go. Cause I'm leaving on a jet boat. Don't know when I'll be back again. Leaving on a jet boat. Don't know when I'll be back again. Good night, Cleveland. Browns fan crews and the Burning River Sports cast. What better combination could you possibly think of? Motorboat? You play the motorboat? You motorboat son of a bitch, you old sailor, you. You know what I was thinking during that interview? What? What were you thinking? Nothing because you don't have thoughts because you're a brainless idiot? Wow. <laughs> my name is Utrid, son of Utrid. By the way, I want my foreskin back. Hey, it Women's Guide to to Anal Sex, and it was the second edition. Who makes second the second edition? edition? The weather outside is weather. The other one, the finger, the finger eating food fingers. Yes. Uh, ejaculate all over my body and my genitals. Yes. Yeah, you don't um, need fundamentals when you got heart. <laughs> and, and Jesus. And Jesus. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Touchdown. Uh, anyways. One. Oh no! We suck again. It's going down. down. I'm, I'm yelling timber. timber. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? To that, I'll say Kyle Shanahan didn't like Johnny Manziel either. So f him. <laughs> uh, 
And I wonder, dead wrong. I wonder why. Dead wrong. <laughs> and Kyle Sheehan doesn't know the rules, so. Goddamn Jets. Um, All I do is win, 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 no matter what. The leaves are weak. The leaves are weak. Fucking leaves are weak. I mean, when I last year when I won and went home, you know, my wife's pants hit the ground. Erroneous, erroneous on both counts. Oh, Lord. Wow, but damn! Uh, well, I'm sorry, I hijacked your segment for a second to do some good podcasting. <laughs> you know why, Mister? Because you drove a Hyundai to get here tonight. I drove an eighty thousand dollar BMW. That's my name. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. I think we've officially lost all of our more conservative viewers. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> I don't think they want to listen any longer. This is, this what is just happened? It's Mother Nature. Where's the logo girl when you need her? I desperately want to make love to this cheese we girl. We need cheese girl now. Down goes Anderson! Down goes Anderson! Who's canceled now? <laughs> Who's canceled now? Probably me. You making a photo of fat people? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Just you. We're a whole race, basically. <laughs> no way. You're just straight. Just finger bang their salad. <laughs> you first get shocked, and then you get the shocker. Hey, you like to see almost naked. That's cool, man. Whatever. No, 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 no. You're just people that get together and watch football and raise money. And we're like, that pretty much sums it up. Are you not Today's episode was brought to you by Topath Vodka. Topath Vodka, an award-winning, ultra-premium, extremely smooth, high-quality vodka. Six times distilled and made from Midwest corn and Ohio fruit. Clean and crisp, a truly high-quality spirit made right here in Northeast Ohio. Available locally in Northeast Ohio and online in 44 states. Topath Vodka. Hey, Browns fans. This is your chance to join the company of some of the Browns' all-time greats on the first-ever Browns fan cruise. Picture this. For five unforgettable days, you're sailing across the beautiful Caribbean Sea, reliving the Browns' greatest moments, getting autographs, snapping photos, and celebrating on the beach with your favorite Browns alumni, like Josh Cribbs, Webster Slaughter, Eric Metcalf, and a dozen others. Book now and take advantage of our easy, budget-friendly payment plans on this once-in-a-lifetime, all-inclusive cruise adventure. The clock's ticking, Browns fans. To book your cabin and for more information, visit brownsfancruise.com or call 216-284-6472 today. Browns Fan Cruise, where diehard fans and Browns alumni come together for the trip of a lifetime. Don't wait. Secure your spot today and go Browns!